Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the watchers of movies. Harry Potter, number five. Numero five. <laughs> Cinco. I forgot what five was in Cinco. Spanish. Cinco, there you go. Uh, so Lauren made butterbeer, and I've never had it. So I have to tell you, my friend Amber sent me a message, and she asked if I'd ever had She asked, like, how's your Harry Potter journey going? Are you are you craving butterbeer yet? Are you shipping characters that you barely know anything about? <laughs> And I, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed, and I was like, "I've never had butterbeer." And that, it, and then it occurred to me that butterbeer. I know butterbeer is like a big whoop for Harry Potter fans because I see stuff about Universal Studios and people drinking butterbeer. And I was like, "Wow, they've never drank it in the movies." And she sent me a recommendation of this like butterscotch root beer that she said, you know, like unfortunately to try butterbeer, you have to go to like a theme park, and if you haven't done that, then you've never tried right. it. And so, or you've never tried like the official one, right? And she said she thought this butterscotch root beer was a um, very, like that's what she always imagined butterbeer tasting like, right? So um, then I said I asked you, and you said you'd tried like homemade versions, but you'd never tried like the well, official. Well, I tried uh, like I've tried like I went to like festivals and I've tried okay. stuff there, but it was like alcoholic, so it wasn't. Oh, it so wasn't, it was like literal beer, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and one time there was this one that was uh. There was this really terrible Harry Potter convention that was at the uh, Orbit Room, and and yeah, and um, like it was just awful. Like I don't even know what they were thinking. Like I was like, I would never go to this again. This is terrible. I can't even believe I spent money on this. But um, they had this really bad, like watered down, like vodka version of it, and I was like, I think I had like one sip, and I was like, I don't. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. I was like, this is really gross. Because, <laughs> like, real butterbeer, I don't think, is made is alcoholic. Sure. Or, you know, because yeah. they're kids when they're drinking it. So I think at a certain point, it's like, why don't we just, you know, and I'm not even like a, I wouldn't call myself like a Harry Potter fan, but I think at a certain point, it's like, let's just keep the sancti- sanctity of this product and then serve beer alongside it. Right. We right. don't have to make everything alcoholic. You right. can have alcoholic beverages also right but let's keep the integrity of this uh well like it, or if drink. you're gonna make it like don't water it down and not and make it gross sure well that's <laughs> but lauren found a recipe and i, I haven't did. tried it yet i've never had it are you it, ready so you want to try it it looks really nice it's got like whipped cream on top and butterscotch and all right cheers lots of heavy cream <laughs> so we? cheers cheers all right i don't know if you can hear that but all right Oh wow, that's delightful! Oh right? my gosh, I was I was prepared to not like I was prepared to think it was kind of weird, but it's not weird. It tastes like like a butterscotch sundae yeah. with like a little bit of fizz. Yeah, because it's like heavy whipping cream, which is kind of gross. But I yeah, mean, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous about my stomach, so don't be offended <laughs> if I don't drink the whole thing. No, I mean but. if you if you uh, don't if you like you don't want to finish it. Like it is very sugary, but so. it's delicious. Yeah, it's like heavy whipping cream, cream soda. I got like Fayo cream soda and um, butterscotch. I had to get like ice cream topping, and then I put like whipped cream on top, which I w- added the whipped cream. But I figured you know it's fun because yeah, <laughs> who doesn't oh, it's want delightful. whipped cream? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know I like. <clears throat> 
I like chocolate. I have nothing against chocolate, but caramel and butterscotch flavors are so, so good. Oh, delicious. I I love- oh man, this is awesome. Yeah. I was I'm excited. I was not sure what to expect, honestly, when I saw the ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Well, and part of the ingredients was like butter, but I was like, listen, um, I'm not drinking butter. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds disgusting. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't <laughs> mind like, if you don't put butter in it. That seems- I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. You can put butter in yours, but I am not putting butter in mine. It's that's like the, gross. The Paula Deen drink. <laughs> I know. It's nasty. <laughs> But anyway, thanks, Lauren. I'm glad that... uh, No problem. So we're really getting into the Harry Potter spirit. Yes, we are. Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's exciting. (laughs) So, um, I... Well, let's talk about... I've watched some movies recently. Ooh. I've been, like, fully absorbed in the Olympics. Have you? Yeah. I didn't even know they were going on. What? Really? (laughs) Actually, I guess I did. I saw a picture of um, what, like what it looks like in they're in china right Mm -hmm. it looks like really terrible like the whole area is very like factory and oh they had like they have like big air ski jumping right next to like oh yeah 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 that's what it looks like a nuclear power plant but mike looked it up and it's like some like manufacturing plant it's not like a nuclear plant but (laughs) it looks really gross though like the whole area looks nasty i thought that like it looks cool on the broadcast but maybe there's there's probably like i saw like an aerial photos. photo yeah and mm-hmm. i was like Ugh, like it just looked brown and like just just dead and yeah it looked nasty well it's been fun to watch i uh and if you want to laugh you could look up doubles luge because that is a real gas it's really weird <laughs> yeah and mike was saying like he said they don't even have to change the commentary you could just have john cleese doing the same commentary and it would be a monty python sketch and i was like actually that's genius so he <laughs> love that, it he put that on his twitter him and uh, eric idol and you yeah know, you gotta yeah it's pretty good baby, but anyway. you got a stew going <laughs> So I've been all in on the Olympics. So what have you been watching? So um, I watched uh, Lake Placid for the first time. If you don't like Lake Placid, you must be taking fake acid. (laughs) It was fun. If anyone knows where that quote is from, I'll give you $100. What's it from? Well, do you want me to tell you? I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's from Saturday Night Live in like the maybe like year 2000. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it came out in like 99, I think. So, um... I was looking at like the the li- the you know list of people that were in it, and I was like, "Oh, Bill Pullman's in it." So yes, I'm gonna watch it. So wow. I was like, oh, "Young Bill Pullman." It's about a shark. Um, it's about a crocodile. Oh, of course, like a really big ass crocodile. Sure. And uh, Betty White's in it, and she is delightfully vulgar in this. Like, <laughs> del- like there's one point, and I sent a I sent a video to uh, my friend Emily where she s- <laughs> she says to Oliver Platt or. No, I think it was it was Brendan Gleeson, and she I like goes, Oliver Platt. Yeah, I do too. But she says to Bl- Brendan Gleeson, she's like, "If I had a dick, this is where I would tell you to suck it." And I was like, "Damn, girl!" Like, and she's so Betty. vulgar, and it's, it's <laughs> delightful. So um, that was kind of fun. I've never seen that movie before, so it's kind of fun to see kind of like this, you know, like uh, it was like a little bit of a cult, you know. And they they've made like four or five of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the same. Care. Like uh, yeah, I think they're more like straight not, to DVDs. That's usually thing. not how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the big name stars don't usually come no. back for Lake Placid Part Two. Yeah, Bill Pullman's like, I have better things to do, yeah. so thanks. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I get it, Bill. Honestly, like, go star in Casper, please. Actually, I think that came before, but 
Yeah, whatever. Casper came out when I was in like elementary school. Yeah, the hot dad in Casper. <laughs> I didn't think he was hot. I thought that the kid who played Devin Sawa, oh, he was Devin a Sawa. super hot. He was like an elementary kid, girl's super yes. hot. You know, like for yes. like the span of time, like now and then was like the real like. Right. Oh, cap. yeah, that's right. He yeah. was in that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I he remember, kind of, yeah. like, I saw a tweet from him recently. Like he f- totally fell off my radar and I didn't even know that he was like famous anymore and he he really isn't i don't think but i don't think so either i did see like a tweet of his on like uh like a huffington post article about like the funniest tweets from this week or whatever and i was like Devin sawa he's still around <laughs> but the tweet was uh when i was a kid my mom used to call me like the best potato peeler and the fastest potato peeler <laughs> and so now cute. i see what she was doing so hats off mom and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> My That's mom clever. used to play tricks like that. You know, like, what Did parent doesn't? You know, like, right. yeah. Well, but, yeah, I mean, you got to convince your kids to do chores like, somewhere. Oh, my gosh, like, you're so like, good you're at that. You're the only one who can clean the floor. Yeah. Like, you're the, oh, you're the best at it. You're so strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. And I was like, I hope that that clever tweet means that he's doing all right. Not, like, <laughs> yeah, like always doing dangerous drugs or, like, child stars oh, sometimes yeah. do. I know. I think he was in Final destination mm. he was in one of them yeah. you're right he was yeah, yeah yeah but that was like early 2000s so that was a long time ago big time yeah. and they keep making those too but they're i've actually like found those pretty fun i haven't seen I, i've seen like i think there's maybe like four newer ones I that i haven't seen but i've seen a few of them yeah me too yeah. i think i've seen like four or five of them and i'm like and each time i'm it's yeah i mean i i like them and uh Anyway, so I watched that one. Mm-hmm. I watched The January Man is with Kevin Klein and uh, Harvey Keitel and Alan Rickman. I've never heard of that. Wow, three like <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it was okay. It wasn't anything special. Um, but it was about like a guy who's like a, a fireman and he um was originally a police officer and so he gets called back into the force to catch a serial killer. Oh. And yeah. And it's like kind of a dark comedy, but um it was it was okay. It was kind of fun. Like I, it was something that was like on my list, and I was like, sure. I love Kevin Klein, and so I like wanted to watch it. So anyway, um, but I saw the Kingsman. Oh yes, yes. So I wasn't sure going in if it was a like a prequel to the Kingsman, mm-hmm. you know. But then I saw the symbol, and I went, oh, it. Is. So it was a lot different than I had it. No. Yes, actually, I would say it's a lot different than I expected based on what I had seen, because I've only seen the first Kingsman. I didn't really, I was kind of like iffy about seeing the second one because of, We've you know, talked about yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this many times. Uh, so, but I was, so I was a little, like, but I had wanted to see this new one, and obviously, like, Ray Fiends and everything like that. And, uh, and it was, um, it was definitely... It was definitely different than I expected. And I actually really liked it. Like, a lot more than I thought I would. Really? Yeah, and it didn't do that well in Rotten Tomatoes. But, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a a scene. So, um, Reese Ifans is in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually in Harry Potter. He's a short little, he's a little part. He's not in it yet. I thought you were saying he was short, and I was like, he's not short. No, no, no. He has a short part. He plays Luna Lovegood's dad. Oh, I see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, he plays in The Kingsman, he plays Rasputin, and he was a very creepy Rasputin, and Rasputin was, like, known for being, like, first of all, like, a total man whore, and, um, like, did not bathe, and was known for some reason for, like, 
not like he had like uh, there's like a couple of I guess times where he had almost been assassinated and like didn't die or something like that. So he was kind of had this like reputation as being like immortal and and like a magic man. And also, and I mean, it wasn't like his, like the movie wasn't obviously like totally historically accurate because how I, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but like how Rasputin died in real life is not like what happened in the movie yeah you know? <laughs> i've accidentally seen photos of his dead body oh yikes that's i went a, through a I, when i was younger he, he got stabbed by like a bunch of people didn't he and then like thrown into a river yeah um when i was quite young i was probably like in middle school i was like i had a small obsession with anastasia oh, yeah 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 and so i just sort of voraciously collected things and and every once in a while sort of go i would sort of go down that rabbit hole throughout the years and i think once when i was just like it might have been on wikipedia there's a picture of it or something and i was like whoa there it is there's the picture (laughs) so yeah so anyway um but so he uh there's a scene a like (laughs) look i had this huge smile on my face because i was like this is everything I've ever wanted and I didn't know that I needed. Um, there's like a like a great choreographed fighting scene between um, Rasputin, Jaimon Hunso, uh, Ray Fiends, and then the, the, the other actor. It's like he's like a younger actor. I've never seen him in anything, but he was like played the son of Ray Fiends' character. And um, they're playing the 1812 Overture by Tchaikovsky. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and um, and it was like, really really fun and like and like violent but like in the best way sure and um anyway i really i surprisingly really liked it and it was a lot more emotional than i thought it was gonna be that was something i was very surprised at because there was one scene and again i will not spoil it because it's a pretty new movie still in theaters but I was like straight up like crying, like tears dripping down my face. Like, and my mom was sitting next to me crying too because I actually, wow. yeah, I dragged my parents to it. And um, <laughs> my mom's like, "This movie's so violent." And I, I reached over and I and I touched her knee and go, "I'm sorry, I keep taking you to such violent <laughs> movies." The last one we saw was Three Hundred. Oh no, the that's last, the last movie you saw with your parents. The last movie we saw or was wait, The Life of Pi in at their house in or theaters. Something? Oh, in geez, theaters. That's yeah, the last and then time the you last see one with we your saw, parents. The last one we saw was Life of Pi, and was then that the like one 15 we saw years ago. Uh, it was a while ago. So, yeah, and then the one before that was 300. Okay. So, but like, I was like, I'm sorry, you take me such violent movies. I loved it. I love the violence. I think it's really fun. Um, but, <laughs> okay, I'm going to isolate that clip. <laughs> I love violence. I think it's really fun. <laughs> I said I love the violence. <laughs> it doesn't help. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I, um, I would recommend it, actually. Yeah. I, I think I it was... I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I anticipated I would. Um, it's more, like, historically... It's more. It's about, like, World War One Because, you know, it's with uh, um, Tsar Nicholas and everything, and then the Kaiser. I don't know. But anyway, like, Franz Ferdinand dies in it, and that's how World War One was, like, started. That's not a spoiler. That's, like, an actual historical thing. Um, but... <clears throat> Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I, awesome. I was surprised as, as to how much I liked it. And the added benefit was that there was no creepy, unnecessary sort of scene in it. <laughs> yeah, and That's so, always a bonus. I know, right? Yeah. But the, like, I wonder how many people are put off by that. Because it's like, you have a movie that's like so fun and 
just like a really nice romp and then at right. the end it like gets so like ooh that makes me uncomfortable and i wonder if a lot of people were like wow they really and i like they really took it in a direction yeah. that sort of like leaves like as you're leaving the theater you're like okay that was weird and so i wonder if that's like something that hangs over the filmmakers heads a lot where they're like i know because i mean maybe not because if you make a lot of money on something maybe you don't but every once in a while like i'll make something or i'll say something and i'll just like regret it forever even though (laughs) it's it's at a certain point it's like not worth regretting i still kind of like every once in a while i'll be like i regret doing that and i always wonder if they regret putting that in the movie yeah it was that's weird like well especially since they you know they establish eggsy as such a like he's kind of a feminist you know and then there's like all of a sudden like an anal sex scene and you're like what (laughs) like did i just watch the same movie that everyone else is watching because what the fuck anyway anyway but yeah so i wonder if that's like they made all the sequels i wonder if they're like let's steer away from like leaving the audience with this well no the second one has something in there too oh does yeah it? there's like um, a, i guess a scene where he has to like stick something in a woman's vagina oh <laughs> why doesn't she do it herself yeah that's my question too i'd be like no i can do it myself thank yeah. you like this is it's pretty weird <laughs> anyway it creeps me out but i mean i don't know i don't know the story because i never saw it but um but yeah, the it, it was interesting the dichotomy though between like Voldemort and seeing uh, Ray Fiennes as this like very like loving father character, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, I might be like a little attracted to Ray Fiennes. In this role. Oh my gosh! Stop the presses! <laughs> what? I'm shocked. Are you telling me this information that's totally new and different for you to say? I know. No, it's like it's. I think it's always kind of been there, to be honest with you. So, oh well. Even in Red Dragon, when he was a total creep, I was like, I kind of get it. Lauren, this is not my first rodeo, and I am not surprised not. that somebody being a total creep wouldn't like turn you away. <laughs> Nothing about that. I think it'd be it'd be weirder if you were like, no, he was too creepy. I didn't think he was attractive. He was too creepy. And I would think like something's wrong. No, yeah, no. no. Even cool, even though. like even um, in the like Drew Barrymore, um, Charlie's Angels, even like Crispin Glover, I was kind of like, yeah, kind of get it. <laughs> and I was like, he's so creepy, but why am I like? I don't know. You know, it's just, I just think my brain works differently from everyone else's. Everyone has a thing. They have a thing. But that's cool that the movie was good. It was. It was good. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, if you wanted to see it, I would see it again in theaters because I liked it a lot. So that's good to know because I kind of, like, don't care anything about those movies because the first one I thought, like, it disappointed me (laughs) so much. (laughs) And maybe that's weird because I don't, it's maybe it's weird that something so, like short and small in a movie would bother me but i think because it's the last part of like it's the very end of the movie well and it's it's just it's out of it's out of character for him yeah is what it is it's like from the beginning he's established like he cares about his mom you know he's checking up on his baby sister he clearly is like upset that this you know asshole is abusing his mom like he and then he has like this rapport with the girl that he's working with so 
he likes women as people. You know, he's not treating a woman as just like another a, a date or something. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so <laughs> it just it seems very strange to me because here this princess has been in, you know, in like kidnapped and kept captive and like like it seems like she would be dealing with trauma it's just weird that she like bargained her body to yeah i think that's really weird like if i were in her shoes i'd be like let me out no i'm not gonna offer you anything let me out because i'm i'm imprisoned wrongly like i'd be like i don't it's pretty weird it's just it's really weird and i think (laughs) And so I was just kind of like, now I'm like, Man, I don't really care about those movies, but that's right. good to know that yeah. the, the new one is like entertaining. And I, I, I liked it. I liked, um, you know, and, and Gemma Arterton's in it. And I like her oh, too. Okay. I love, yeah. I love Jaiman Hunso. Everything I've seen him in, I think he's great. Um, and just like Reese Ifans as, as, as <laughs> he's so good and so gross as, as Rasputin. It's, he's perfect. He's perfect as that. Like, I was like, the entire movie, I was like, oh, he's so nasty. Like, but he's good. You're and, like, oh, um, he's so nasty. No, 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 but, no, no, uh, no, 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 girl. Am no. I kind of attracted to him? No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, um, Charles Dance and, and Matthew Good are in it too. Oh, really? Mm hmm. That's yeah. cool. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I'd recommend it for sure. Oh, and, and Daniel Brill. Really? Mm-hmm. I like him mm-hmm. a lot. I had like one issue and that was that everything was in English when like there were like scenes in Germany and like scenes in Russia. And I was like, they just can't speak Russian and German. You know what I mean? So anyway, but um, and uh, Tom Hollander, too. Tom Hollander. Yeah, he was in the second Pirates of the Caribbean. He was like the. <sighs> oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. like a short, like yep. but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's kind of cute. Yeah, he's got like a. He's kind of funny. He's got like a little Weasley sort of. He's air about him. I, I like him. I've always yeah. liked him. Everything. I don't I've just like. Him. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like. He's, <laughs> like oh, yeah. I, I was thinking more of like a Timothy Spall way. Like no. Oh like, no, no, that's no, not, no, no. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, so um, yeah, so. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. Speaking of movies, Mike and I did watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, and did it was you? like two thumbs up. Really fun. Really? Yeah. I was, um, I, I wanted to see it because I was like, I like Paul Rudd uh-huh. and Ghostbusters is fun. But I also was like totally prepared to be like, okay, now I've watched it. But yeah. I, I liked it way more than I thought I would. Really? I was way more entertained. Yeah. I expected to just like put it in the repertoire of, like now I've seen this Ghostbusters movie and I can move on with my life, but it was very fun. So I would also recommend that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of hesitant about seeing it because I was like, "Oh, great, another sequel," you know. And it's and different enough where I think it's pretty creative. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes I feel like it's just for money rather than for like the love of the movie. You know what I mean? Which obviously everything is for yeah. money, but you get what I mean. No, this one felt like they were. It, it felt. More like an homage than a recreation. Okay. There were elements that were the same, obviously, and there's there was stuff in it that was kind of recreated, but I, I just thought that they seemed to they thought outside the box a little bit more than I anticipated and I really appreciated that. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, it's good. I do like Paul Rudd. Who doesn't? I know, right? <laughs> and if you don't, you're wrong. <laughs> and Finn Wolfhard is in it, and I always like oh, seeing like the Stranger Things kids and mm-hmm. other things. And then the little girl, McKenna Grace, is in it. Oh yeah, I like her. And she's she, good. I guess she's not really like a little girl anymore. No. She's a teenager, but um, 
Yeah, she so. was in uh, the Haunting of Hill House, and she was really good. In oh, that. okay. Yeah, yeah. I liked her a lot in that. Um, but I, I know because I was so disappointed it gifted. I was like, do you remember leaving? Like when we left the theater, and I was like pissed. I was like, fuck that fucking movie. <laughs> like I'm so mad about that. Anyway, um, so are you ready to talk about the movie? I'm ready. I'm dying to know what did you think of it. Um, uh, this one I. This one I liked a little bit less than the last one. Really? Uh, I think the quality of the filmmaking is still high. Um, I think it's better. I, you can. I, sorry, let me interrupt you real quick. Um, when I was like the first time I watched that movie, like immediately I could tell that it was a different director, and I really, really like David Yates as a director, and he does the rest of the films, and I think he does a fantastic oh, okay. job because I think he has like a more like aesthetic kind of you know like there were certain things where when they are attacked by the dementors he like like the camera like shoots out and like flips upside down so it's like very like disorienting and i was like this is i was like this is it this is it this is it i love it you know so i i i'm very excited anyway go on (laughs) yeah i thought the quality of the movie was better than the first two and um just like the movie in general felt uh more serious in a good way so i i did appreciate that that it it was it it and i think also since the kids are growing up and their problems and their drama is growing up with them i think that also helps but i my big my biggest takeaway of the movie is that this one really felt like i needed to have read the book yeah to know what was yeah. going on and that really started bugging me because i have there was a lot of things that i was just like i just have to accept this because it's probably in the book and all the fans who know the story aren't questioning it but for a movie i'm not entirely sure it works um because it was so dense and right. they like lightly skimmed the surface on a lot of things that i was like yeah i mean the book's 837 yeah, pages it, it <laughs> talk about like the last one looked like a dictionary this one looks like even more like a dictionary so um no i wrote down copious notes so if you have any questions i'm sure that i could answer them yeah i just uh i mean i have lots of things to say throughout the thing but but my my big takeaway is just that um i just felt like this movie had a lot of gaps in the storytelling and that really started to bother me yeah so i just i thought that in this movie things sort of just happened and there was a lot of convenience that bothered me and that's part of why i think oh i probably need to know the book right and uh for example like luna i mean like she's just this like weird high girl who's just like (laughs) wandering around saying weird things and I, i felt like her character just sort of appears out of nowhere and she's just sort of like always uh stoned or something and she just sort of like delivers these flat lines that are and i just i was like i feel like there's probably more to her character there's a movie i love luna she she and sirius actually probably tie for like number two as far as my favorite characters i kind of i wanted more of her uh because i thought they introduce her in this way where they make her seem like oh here's a strange girl but then she just stays this like strange girl throughout the movie and not for me not a, in a good way right and that's why i was like there's more to her i can tell there's more to her because they're featuring her a lot but they're not featuring her in a way that's telling me anything so there's got to be way more in the books about her just as one example um in that 
sort of bothered me and that's you know right yeah i mean when hermione first introduces her she says loony love good i don't know if you caught that she says she's like everyone this is loony and then she like her eyes are like really open wide like she's like oh shit and then she's like luna love good and because loony um she's like you know like the reason why her stuff keeps going missing is because people are taking it and they're putting it she did say that she said that but i'm just like like how does how does hermione know why does she call her loony so has luna been a student this whole time yeah see i I think that's kind of weird i don't think she's really introduced in the other books i mean she might have been casually mentioned but um i think that she's really much more prevalent in like the fifth one but the people i mean i think it's like i want to say her dad is like a writer for i think it's like some sort of like equivalent of um like the national enquirer kind of but like the wizarding version of that so like it's kind of like one of those you know magazines where they're like a woman gives birth to bat boy and you're like okay i'm sure she does (laughs) you know what i mean like bullshit you're like and dracula exists um but it's it's weird that the wizarding world would have a paper like that since all that probably does exist (laughs) (laughs) like it's probably just real um so uh, she i think she she's just like there's a lot of things that she says you know like nargles and stuff like that that um she's just comes across as being very like eclectic and and whimsical and strange um i love luna with all my heart and soul i think she's i i identify with her on like a human level because i kind of have always been like that weird girl and have maybe not always felt like I belonged places or like it felt you know what I mean like I I never really not not never but when I was younger I feel like I just didn't feel like I fit in you know so I really like Luna just uh, on a human level you know I feel like you like Luna and you associate yourself with her because you read the books. Yeah. And that is why the movie bothered me, because I feel like what you're saying probably means she has a very rich story in the books yeah. and character development. And I didn't think this movie did it justice for me, who doesn't know anything about her. Right. Because what you're saying sounds really interesting. Right. They and do I the wish that they would have Jenny, too, where they oh, like okay. really don't develop her. And she's actually like an awesome character in the books. But like in the movies, you're kind of like, why am I supposed to care about Jenny? You know what I mean? And um and they kind of like they kind of do both of them dirty but it's also it's hard to include 837 pages of content in a two and not even two and a half hour movie you know so well, i think that the the, like the creativity comes when you know what to cut out right and that and it kind of felt like they didn't want to cut much out right so instead they just did like a very like now we're gonna just dip our pinky into this and then we're gonna do this and if they read the books then they don't even care right you know right and so that's what i noticed all the way through it yeah but it's uh i mean i can i can see i can see why you feel that way you know i mean like because there's like a lot more with like um like tonks is um an awesome character. Love her. Do you, you know what she's like? She was the one here? that was with Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. got mad because he yeah. called her nymph- Nymphadora. Nymphadora. Yeah. Don't call me Nymphadora. Um, so I just want to go into just while we're talking about this. So, so Sirius Black is 
Bellatrix Lestrange's cousin. Mm-hmm. She's the one that kills him. Yep. And Bellatrix is Draco's aunt. So Oh, so Draco and Sirius are related. Yes. Yeah, so oh. they are like second cousins. Wow. So and Tonks is is um hold on, I actually pulled up the a lot of Habsburg vibes going on with the black <laughs> No, family. well no, they're not like it's not um hold on, let's see. Okay. So Tonks is um Bellatrix is also Tonks's aunt. So Draco and Tonks are cousins. Oh, okay. I sure. actually didn't even realize that until now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so Tonks is like Sirius's cousin as well. Basically oh, okay. like second cousin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of like so it's Draco's mom is Bellatrix's sister. Narcissa is her ma- name. Oh, okay. Narcissa Malfoy. I really liked, I thought Bellatrix was pretty good. I, I think Helena Bonham Carter did a re- I don't even know the character from the books, but I could get oh, a very clear picture of. psychotic. Like. And I thought, <laughs> listen, I was really sad that Sirius died. Like, of course these movies would disappoint me again <laughs> because I like Sirius. I like, know. Well, and dude thing, i know so when he died That's why i got so emotional in like the third one like when i was like well i mean i don't you didn't see me get emotional but when he was like harry you can come live with me i was like no because <laughs> <laughs> i i thought that that scene where he died was really well done that's how she just sort of got him and then i i you know and you you know that they're related because you see the family tree on his right. wallpaper but um and then when she's like skipping down the hall and she's like, I killed Sirius Black, I was like, wow, this is, she's like a really good villain. Why is she in this movie? She's, she's, <laughs> because, uh, she's in it a lot more too. But actually, no, I mean, like, she's really good. And, um, so I, again, I had a note. Oh, I wrote Bellatrix is cool. Um, <laughs> I liked when she said to Neville, like, how are your parents? And yeah, I was like, she's, wow, she's pure evil. Yeah. I, and, um, uh, if, I, because so she's a like a very loyal follower of of Voldemort. Yeah, it's and not on Wikipedia. She's a Death Eater. Yes, yeah. She okay. I had like throughout the entire series, and this isn't well. I mean, it is a little bit of a spoiler, but we're never going to review the last last book. Book technically, it's more it's a play, but um, I always thought that there was maybe like something between her and Voldemort. Like maybe they had a little bit of the you know hinky panky whatever, and it is canon. <laughs> Oh, they did. Yes. Did they create a child? They had a child. Yeah. Who's the child? I can't remember her name, but she's in the cursed child in the. Book. Oh, she's not in any of the other mm-hmm. books. No, she's in the play. Oh, yeah, because the play is like, like, fifteen years after all of this has happened. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the play. I would love to see it in person, but honestly, when I like I like because it's just this, it's just the script. Like the the book is just oh, a script. It's not okay. an actual book. Yeah. Um, when I read the script, I was like, "This is fine. It's fine, but it's not great." But I think seeing the play would be really cool, and I would love to see the play. Yeah. But uh, but I remember because I had thought that for like years and years, and I was like, "I bet Bellatrix and Voldemort hooked up." I just get the feeling that they did. And then when it was like it was like canon, I was like, "I was so like, I did it, yeah." I was like so fucking I was so fucking ecstatic that like this 
theory I had had been proven, you know, accurate. Like, I was like, yes, I knew it. I called it. I've been calling it for years, and I was right. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, it's interesting to me that Voldemort would care about silly things like sex and romance. Well, I don't think it's, don't think it's romance. I think it's probably just pure animal like rutting you know like what like rutting r-u-t-t-i-n-g yeah That's like animalistic rut I, they, they, I, it's pretty crass i okay well i don't I, like it <laughs> I, heard, I heard it used by uh, uh richard ayoade and uh the it crowd sure i'm not saying it's not a word i'm just like yikes um, uh, yeah i i wouldn't imagine that there's much romance between the two they're probably just like let's look up no cool, i'm just yeah. surprised that either of them are like you want to have sex? I, it I would imagine like it that would Bellatrix would probably be like all over him, you know. But you know, they're they're two evil people, so they probably have like really gross, nasty sex. Like, no, I bet you know. evil people have the most tame sex ever <laughs> because they get their kicks from being evil. They don't need to have sex. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I mean, like there's probably a lot of sadism I'm going just, on there. I'm uh, just joking. I don't even want to think about those two characters. <laughs> they're like chains and whips excite me. Na 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 na. <laughs> That is Voldemort's song. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is your favorite one, you said. It's my favorite. Is there a specific reason why? Um, well, as I've talked about before, I love a great death scene. So the serious death scene, uh, yeah. It's well done. Yeah. Um, was like horrendously heartbreaking. Lupin, oh, yes. It actually, it upset me because I, I like serious. Yeah. And, and it was such a surprise. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and like... And it's it's like extra heartbreaking because right before, you know, Harry and him are dueling and he goes, great shot, James. And so you're like, oh, 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 that hurts your heart so bad. And and it's it just gets more like the book gets more into like um, like the friendship between like the, the you know, the Marauders and whatever. And then Lup- yeah, Lupin's they would gang a lot up. more into the they would gang up and, and bully Snape. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was not really glad. That's okay. That was, was really, really shitty of James. I was actually really excited to find out that Harry's dad is an asshole because <laughs> everyone's like so obsessed with Harry and his parents. And I'm right. like, finally, gosh, it's about time that the, his true colors are revealed. So yeah. I'm really sick of hearing about like Saint, what are their names? James, James. and Lily. Saint James and Saint Lily Potter. Yeah, who Lily are, like, was very sweet, but James was a little bit of an asshole. So. Yeah, if you sleep with the dogs, you're going to get some fleas. <laughs> So I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh, you don't lie. I was. There. I was really excited to find out that he was not a great kid. No, at he, least. he was a real, a real Draco. <laughs> I mean, but you can you can kind of start to see more as to why Snape treats Harry the way he does. You know, Harry has it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after I saw that, I'm Team Snape. Are you? No, I'm just saying. I uh, I was really glad that Harry's dead. I'm I'm just glad that there's like some you know like. Well, he's a human. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad that yeah. there's a situation where Harry is like learning that like oh my Your parents dad's are not perfect. There's many facets to these people, and and also like 
yeah, now you know why Snape sort of doesn't like Harry, which to- makes total sense. Because there's more. There's more there's to that, that story, though. Like, if there's somebody that was mean to me in high school and I was in charge of, like, teaching their child, I might, it might be hard for me to get over, like, yeah. old Oh, yeah, like, wounds. tormenting. I mean, yeah. they were, like, they were really, like, yeah. It, um, there's more to that. There's more to why he hates them other than that. But it's, we're not going to get into it. Well, now I do we know that he used to be a Death Eater, so he has, it's or not a Death it. Eater. He used to be a Death Eater, right? Yeah, but there's more to it. It's not, it's so not that. That's he does not. have, like, a tiny part of his heart that's kind of questionable. A little rotten. Yeah. A little sliver rot there in that heart um yeah so um what did you think about like like dumbledore kind of just like ignoring harry all actually that that's one of the things in the movie that really bothered me because i (laughs) i'm so annoyed by the fact that they bring harry into these things they bring him in but only like halfway they won't just tell him yes. what's going on they won't just communicate with him and and that bothers me because that is also a very clear sign that like there's more movies coming and so it kind of makes the movie seem bloated because it's like if you just communicate with him then potentially the story ends sooner and they can't have that because they need to make four more movies or f- you know three more books or whatever and so two stuff more. like that two more two more books yeah because there's there's two parts to the last okay. one but it's one book okay so it, it just it just like really annoyed me because um they bring him to the like the order of the phoenix house like Sirius black's house and they sit him around the table, and they, but they won't let him listen in the conversation. Yeah, and that bugs Mrs. me Weasley too. Mrs. Weasley is like, he's just a boy. And I'm like, what is wrong with everybody? Well, Am like, I he the also only one? witness the death of his friend? Right. Like, he's also could get murdered by Voldemort. So maybe give him everything in his arsenal yeah. to be prepared for this situation. And they're, they just like won't tell him things. And then like he tries to talk to Dumbledore and Dumbledore won't tell him. And like this is what bothers me is everything in this world seems so convenient. Like they're wizards when it's convenient. They have magic when it's convenient. But when it's not convenient, nobody can get anything done. Like Dumbledore can't use magic to somehow tell Harry, like I have to distance myself from you because Voldemort is using your brain or whatever. Like he can't do that. Well, I just don't understand why he can't just talk to him. You know? I don't either. Like there's it seems it seems so ludicrous to me that Harry's life is in grave danger. Everybody knows it, but nobody is like communicating with him and nobody is nobody is pulling him aside and being like, "Look, XYZ is happening." I mean, serious kind of is, but even I struggle I struggle with like I struggle with Harry being a character that is cared about i think everybody cares about him but nobody cares about him enough and that really bothers me and i think that's a really weird character to write like that's a really weird thing to write into a book in a movie because i i don't really buy into the fact that anybody in his life except maybe ron and hermione maybe really care about him and i think that that's super disturbing because i like Sirius black but even he kind of like he's just like written in and out of the story in a way that's just like eh, he's here to kind of help you in a weird way but he doesn't actually help you and nobody ever prepares harry harry has to prepare himself and dumbledore just ignores him instead of like trying to get the point across like listen harry it's dangerous i can't talk and and at the end of the movie dumbledore explains it but 
at, by that point, I think like we just watched the whole movie where there are all these people that know magic and, and everything is so elementary, you know? Yeah, you know, I think a big part of it is that everyone's thinking that he's just too young to handle things. But he, like, like you can't forget the fact that he went to this graveyard and, like, and and escaped from Voldemort and fought him and watched his friend get murdered and and I like that this one is a lot more exploring like his PTSD with Cedric's death and stuff like that um and I I, I think that David Yates did a good job with like showing him having the nightmares and everything like that so, and I appreciate that cuz it's like the, <laughs> like I I as much as um I love these books Harry is way too well adjusted for what he's went through. And we've talked about that before, but I still fucking stand by that shit because once you go through something like that, you're not just gonna like be okay. Like you're gonna, like he has been through years of abuse by the Dursleys. And then now he's, you know, thrust into this whole other type of universe where suddenly he has no idea that he is being hunted down by one of the scariest and most powerful, you know, wizards in the world who just wants to end his life and doesn't care how he does it as long as it happens. You know, like, Voldemort would probably not give a shit if Harry, well, I, I don't think he would give a shit if Harry got tortured until he died. You know what I mean? Like, sure, he doesn't, right. he, as long as he's dead, it doesn't matter. Because that is, because as the prophecy says, is one survive, one, what is it, um, one cannot survive while the other one lives. And um, I actually wanted to talk about that too, but we can get to that one later because I think that I think that's a there's a lot more to the prophecy than like you realize in the show, but and it's actually kind of interesting. But um, it, it's it, I don't know I I think I really like this one because it's just a lot darker than the other ones. It's uh, filled with a lot more grief, and I love the Thestrals. Those like winged, like weird corpsey <laughs> so, horse things. So when they were all flying the Thestrals, oh, were they just fly, like were 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 all the kids except for Luna and Harry just okay with flying an invisible no, thing through the no, sky? I don't think in the books. I don't think in the books at all. I think in the books they're like flipping out because they're like because I mean essentially they're riding something that's invisible right, to them. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And so in Mikey, I watched it with Mike, and Mike was even like, "So they're just straddling the air like, right now." All, all I wish they had said was like, "I wish Ron had just been screaming out like, what is going on?'" You yeah, know, something like, like something like, like hang out. on, yeah, you know, like, to what Harry? I yeah. can't see it. You it's know, pretty I mean, weird. And I also didn't get like. She said that you could only see them if you've had experience with death. So was she talking about Cedric's death no, or his if parents' you can death? Only, only if you witness. It's witness death. Oh, so yeah. it was Cedric. Yes, Cedric's okay. death. I see. And, um, and she witnessed her mom die. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can see why she is kind of loopy, I guess, or loony. Loony, Because yeah. she had some, some She's had a lot traumatic, of trauma, but yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. I think you you know, like the point we've been making the whole time is is like these things just keep happening to Harry and he's just thrust into these bad situations and it's it's like everyone I mean, it's almost like everyone in the movies is in on the fact that it's a movie and they're just okay torturing this poor boy just to keep making content. And that is really weird to me. Like I feel like these aren't characters, they're just like 
like prolonging this story right. and that starts to bother me because I, I i i don't know it's just really weird niche. um yeah i mean i i definitely think that there is a vast difference between reading an 837 page book <laughs> versus watching a two hour uh, you know less than a two and a half hour movie and um <clears throat> There's a lot of information that's not included. Um, but I did want to say Luna is a Hufflepuff. I thought she was a Ravenclaw. No, she's Hufflepuff. Oh, she... really? Oh. I think so, anyway. Wait, now I have to check. <laughs> now I'm questioning myself. I'm I looked at her. I looked at her page and I thought it said she was a Ravenclaw. Oh, no, you're right. She is Ravenclaw. I was, I was wrong. Uh, she does have, like, I guess she has Hufflepuff traits, though. I always considered her kind of a Hufflepuff. But Tonks is a Hufflepuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> actually have, because I was Kai cosplayed as her. Oh, really? Yeah, yes, I have, like, um, kind of like a, it's like a weird, it almost looks like a suit, like jacket, but um, it's attached to, like, what looks like a hoodie. Oh. So, and then I had, like, a little Hufflepuff pin that I put on there, and I had, like, a, oh, cool. oh like, a, like a blue wig and stuff that was cute is she in the movies a lot then after this she's, point? yeah she's in more of them okay yeah. um and i tonks is great and she's like i love i love that actress she was in a little bit of game of thrones and then i watched some show that she was in that only lasted for like one season but and i whatever i i don't even know why i mentioned it because i'm not gonna look it up because i don't care enough <laughs> to tell you about it but sure <laughs> like, is she is she not at hogwarts she's older yeah, yeah okay yeah. she's um Probably in her like mid twenties. Okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so she's a little, little bit older, but, um, but she, you know, her her mom was was uh, was scorned from the black family as well because she married she married a muggle. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess so. To answer your question, way back, way back. Uh, I I thought that it was pretty weird that Dumbledore was keeping his distance. And in addition, hand-in-hand uh, hand with that is I was really annoyed. Because I think there's an aspect of this movie's story that I really enjoyed, but it was done badly. And I'm wondering if it's different in the books. So I really liked the aspect of the Ministry of Magic totally denying that Voldemort is back. Mm-hmm. But... I was really annoyed that at the end, when Fudge shows up and sees Voldemort right before Voldemort disappears, Fudge is like, he is back. And that's just it. It was like so anticlimactic. That's what happened in the because, book. Because I think... Okay, see... The yeah, because I actually cause read that scene. Because I had... I had like and we can we can talk about it later but i kind of had an issue with the dialogue that harry was saying to voldemort where he's like you'll never know love and friendship and i feel sorry for you and i was like i was like oh no voldemort won't know love and friendship like it was like what is that supposed to scare him or offend him he doesn't give it like i I felt like the dialogue was very poorly done but in that part what is actually happening is that like Voldemort possesses him or whatever and he's like begging like in his mind he's like begging Dumbledore to kill him because he's in so much pain he goes he's like kill me kill me and then I will be with Sirius again oh that's really why didn't they do that they probably didn't do that because it's a kids movie but what I wanted to say was okay but that's bullshit (laughs) no it is bullshit I'm not (laughs) saying it's not bullshit I'm saying it is but that's what I I think what I want to say is like I think it's it's pretty creative for the Ministry of Magic to try to control the media to control yeah, people's time. thinking, but now you find out at the end that Fudge 
didn't actually believe that Voldemort was back because I really what I really wanted it to be was to go like 100% into like show me a scene where like you can even I feel like these movies are really afraid of having scenes without Harry Hermione and Ron and like no matter what scene you're in the three of them are there even if it makes no sense all three of them seem to be there a lot and I but I would like them to break that pattern and I wanted them to show a scene of fudge in like a a secret chamber meeting saying like listen voldemort is back but we cannot let people know that yeah but, they might have had that and, but i don't remember but it, at the end it just seems like he didn't actually believe voldemort was back so he was just like so adamantly against it and i was thinking like why is he so against this if he actually didn't think voldemort was back it's like a 13 year old boy saying voldemort is back so why is this why is this suddenly becoming your your like whole motive of life is to say Voldemort's not back if you actually don't think he's back. And that's why I thought it it seemed anticlimactic because his actions seemed more like the actions of somebody who knew Voldemort was back, but was trying to keep that from everybody. But that seems to not be the case. I think that what I think is that based on the, the very like small amount of memories I have of reading the book is that Fudge likely did probably think like deep down inside that Voldemort was back, but was in such denial over it that he refused to acknowledge it. So um, because I think you're right. I think that's spot on where he like he's acting like, oh, no, he's back. But we're just going to all pretend that everything's fine because then he brings in like psychotic fucking like hyena of like Hogwarts. I don't know if you're familiar with the hyena of Auschwitz. She was like a real person. She was like, her name's Irma Grace, Grace or something like that. And she was like this, I think Umbridge is like the like child book version of Irma Grace because Irma Grace was like, would literally get off on like torturing people, like sexually get off on torturing people. She was like a total sadist, like total psychopath. And as I was watching this, I was like, I was like fucking Umbridge. And it's funny because the fans actually hate Umbridge more than they hate Voldemort. <laughs> that makes sense because we see her more. Yeah. But also, I guess... Well, she's like in direct, like in a lot of direct like interactions with these students too, where she's just awful. And, and how she treats Trollany and like, I mean, that whole scene was like really terrible, you know? I mean, just like, and like Sybil, Sybil Trollany may not be... Like, she is a legitimate thing. She is a real thing. Like, she does predict the prophecies, Well, you know? she did. She told yeah, Harry yeah. in the last movie she had that prophecy. Well, and the prophecy that he was holding, she that was her prediction, too. Oh, okay. That was her. Yeah, so um, she is the real thing, but I think Umbridge is so caught up with, like, the basically being, you know, like, the ministry's hand is up her ass and she's their puppet that she, she just does whatever they want. And But she's also clearly, like... This woman is, like, is so, like, just, like, she's mentally disturbed. You know what I mean? Like, she is fucking psycho. She gets off on hurting these students. And she's, like, torturing them. I mean, she had him write out, you know, like, I must not tell lies over and over again until it was dug into his skin. Like, and he had a scar, like, later. It says that he has a scar from it. Well, they showed it, yeah. Yeah, and so, and, and, um... And she's, I mean, she's just like, she's just the worst. Like, she's awful. And so I, I, hold on, I actually want to show you this actress, because 
the way that they describe her is not really how Imelda Staunton looks. But um, I actually, while you're looking, I really liked her character for that reason because it was so dark. And that's why I that's why I wanted them to have an ulterior motive to really get this like propaganda machine going like and I I get that there's like a motive to just believe propaganda because you believe in the ministry oh but, like, yeah when i picture her this is the exact actress that i picture who is that what's she from she's from the show the good witch her character is kind of funny but what's um, her name uh i think it's katherine disher yeah so look it up she plays martha tinsdale in the good witch series she's she's nothing like umbridge she's actually very sweet but she just has like because the way that she's described in the book is like kind of almost looking like toad like <laughs> which isn't a very nice thing to say about this poor woman. But yeah, but uh, I, I read an interview with Imelda Staunton like years and years ago. And, and, um, and they were like, her friends were like talking about the books and they were like, you'd be the perfect Umbridge. And she'd be like, um, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think she did a great job. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think she did a great job. I don't think like, there's no reason for anyone else to play that role. She did perfect. No, I think like, she did a good job. Um, and But I just wanted it to go a bit darker. Because uh, it was pretty dark. Like, the, the carving on the hand and how she was like... Because that's what bothered me. Was that she wanted Harry to write, I must not lie. Or I must, I not, must tell not tell lies. lies. Yeah. And so the whole time I'm watching these scenes, I'm thinking, she knows Voldemort, does, Voldemort is back. But she's just like you know like conveying this message that the ministry of magic wants her to convey but then i find out at the end that that's not the case and that like almost makes me it just made me mad because i was like no like go the full distance like make her so evil that she knows the truth but she still tortures this poor boy well i think i think that is the case i think that it might not be a portrayed in the in the movie but sure, i think yeah. that is the okay. case yeah see and i i wish that they would have portrayed it in the movie more for me like for right. me if well, it you was as not, the viewer who yeah. have not yeah who, who, i don't know right. the books right yeah. and that's i mean we've talked a lot about you know movie adaptations of books like um a prime example of like one adaptation that really bothered me and this is not harry potter related but the giver have you have did you ever read the book when you were a kid? I never read the book. I saw the I saw a play of it once. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the book is like one of my all time favorite books, like of all time. I love that book. I loved it when I was a kid. But the whole point of the giver, this character is that he is um it's a it's a it's a job of isolation. You're not meant to have a family. And in the movie, he had a daughter, and I was like, no. <laughs> Like you miss the entire point of the giver, sure. And like, isn't that and the daughter like was the played first... by Taylor Swift too? And I was kind of like, okay. But the um, other, like the giver before the little boy, like killed herself, right? Because it was so isolating. The one I that was chosen before him. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Like, yeah, it's like it's a it's, very it's so like intense, difficult job because mm-hmm. you're basically what is happening is that like every morning you're taking these pills to basically dull your emotions so that you don't really feel like true anger, true love, whatever. Um, and the giver is not doing that and is, and is like given all these, you know, that's why he's called the giver is given all these different um, scenarios and experiences that like the world has, but these people in this, you know, 
quote unquote utopia, which I wouldn't call a utopia because there's literally a scene where the dad like kills a baby because it's like, yeah, yeah, like because it won't stop or, crying or something. or something. Yeah, it's like really messed up. And, um, and, you know, I mean, the whole point is that it's a very difficult and heavy job because you're given all these secrets and all these things that no one else is supposed to see and you're have you have to hold on to them and then pass them on to the next person. So, you know, someone who has never experienced like the true agony of losing someone that they love or experiencing war or, you know, trauma, you know, it's just or like broken bones. Like, I mean, it's just everything. And so like when they had him have a daughter, I was like, all right, fuck you to the person that did this because that is not how it goes. And it was just, it was so, it was like, yeah, you missed the entire point of the fucking story. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it was like the lovely bones. Like it was just like, Ooh. anyway, anyway, I am calm. Um, the DA. So it's not Cho that tattles on the DA. Oh. Yeah. It's her friend, Marietta Edgecombe. She wasn't in the movie. Oh. So um, what happens is that Cho brought her into the DA, and Marietta, like, I guess, was overcome with guilt or something. And what Hermione had done was put a spell on the um, paper that they had all signed. And so if someone had told, they would get the word sneak written across their face, like an irremovable. It was basically like zits. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so they go away after a while, but like, you know, like sure. it would <laughs> take a while. And so they, because um, I wrote down this whole thing. So, but basically Harry scorned Marietta, understandably, and Cho defended her. And so Harry and Cho were like, mm, okay. So, so that's why, because that actually makes more sense because you find out later in the movie that she was given like a truth serum so i was like oh so their relationship can continue but then it doesn't yeah yeah and i was like they they don't like hash it out and forget like he doesn't forgive her for being like look i'm sorry i thought that you just told and you know it's just over for no reason yeah she was poor girl was drugged i know and he's still like taking it out on her forever now right yeah so uh no that's that's not what happened so that kind of bothered me that they did that because i was like <laughs> Not quite. It you is know? pretty weird. It is pretty yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, and it, like, and I thought it wouldn't have taken that much extra time to have Marietta be part of it, you know, and just like, yeah, yeah. I, like, I didn't, I didn't get like. I mean, maybe a couple extra seconds, you know, where but she I was like, about- bye, Marietta. And that's it. <laughs> and then you see her later. Marietta's, you know, with uh, with Umbridge and, and Filch and everything looking guilty as hell with that sneak written across her face. And and they didn't even need to do the sneak part. They could have just showed her, you know, um, like at the room of requirement. You know what I mean? I thought I think that about a lot of the movie where it's like, OK, just do this for a second and it would make something make sense. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Because what doesn't, what didn't make sense to me entirely was that Neville was just walking by a wall and it turned into a room. That does happen. It's cut. It, that it, does happen. It was the school that made it, or yeah, yeah. It's a magical room, so it's a rumor requirement. So, like, what, what, um, you know, like Ron said, like, what if you really had to go to the bathroom? And and Hermione's like, great, Ron, like pleasant. Um, but yeah, essentially, like, basically. And it had like it does occur, and I think a couple of, um, more times maybe. But there's like um, 
Oh, yeah. In the last one, actually, the room requirements brought in again. So it's just it's a room that appears whenever you just really need it. So if you're like, oh, I really need to study and I don't want to be around people, the room requirement will show up when you're walking past it and you can just study alone. Oh, yeah. OK. I think it's clever. I like it. I always wanted a room of requirement. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be so nice. I could store all my craft stuff in there. And then I could just walk past it and I'd be like, I feel like painting and the room requirement would show up. And I'd be like, thank you. Random door in my wall. <laughs> I love it. I just like so many things like, like uh, Hermione later kind of has like a bag of holding, which I know is like a D&D thing, but it's essentially the same idea where it's like a endless bag, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so like Mary Poppins uh, or like, like Felix the cat has one. Oh. My, my parents had a. Um, like a plastic bag that they used to carry around to like bring money back and forth from like the restaurant, you know? And they called it their Felix bag. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> of Felix the cat. So uh, it, there's just, there's like certain things here and there in Harry Potter world where I'm like, I could use that. <laughs> it's kind of like a holodeck, except it just yes. appears and so it's not like in a fixed place. Right. But okay. Well, but- it is in a fixed place. Oh, the room so, requirement. So you have to be by that wall. You have to be by that wall. Mm, that doesn't seem as cool because why wouldn't everybody just know it's there why would they why would anybody be tricked by not being able to find them then because um because it's convenient for the movie (laughs) because you have to have a real need for it so if someone's like if so harry walks into the room a requirement that is like for the da well filch is walking past it he's not going to see that room because he doesn't need that room to practice being in the DA. But what I mean is, see, this is something that's I keep saying, and I'm going to probably keep saying it, is that this is a school where everybody, except Filch, I guess, but most of the people, students and staff, most of them are wizards. And they know that this secret room appears when it's needed. And it always well, appears I don't in think a, a lot of location. People, I don't think a lot of people know about it, though. I think it's like... Hermione probably knows about it because she's studied a lot. She studied Hogwarts history. So none of the other students know it exists. I don't think a lot of people know it exists. Yeah. Uh, that bothers me. That's that's really shaky. The thing is the thing is that it I think it will it makes sense within the context of the book because there's an she mentions it a lot of time throughout the book that she read like she'll say something like Blah, 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 blah about Hogwarts. And Ron will be like, well, how do you know that? And she's like, because I read Hogwarts a history. See, stuff like <laughs> that they need to put in the movies. Right. Because in when I'm watching the movie, I think, oh, so a holodeck just appeared when they needed it most. How convenient. Right. And now you're telling me that it's always in the same place. And I've just watched a movie where they totally bested most of the school for at least a few weeks. In this room that always appears in the exact same place and nobody could be like, where are all these kids going? But yeah, if they would have just had one line of Hermione saying, oh, I read about this in Hogwarts of History, because they had her say that line once in the first right, movie, right. but she doesn't really say it that often. And And then at least, at least maybe then I would think... So she knows about, or, or just have her say two lines. Like, I don't think many people know that this room exists, but I read about it in Hogwarts A History. Right, right. And and then people like me wouldn't be like, oh, wow, good job, Neville. Because I said to Mike, when he was when the room suddenly appeared, I was like, how did that room appear? And Mike said, I think it appears if you walk by it looking dopey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So he hasn't so, read the books either, right? No, he okay. hasn't. And then okay. he's watching the movie. I mean, he hasn't seen the movies yet. Right. I mean, I think he saw a couple. He might have. I, I think he definitely had seen the first one. Maybe another one. I, I can't remember exactly. But he he hasn't seen all of them. Right. And when now we're in like we're treading into unknown territory for both of us at this oh. point. Yeah, it's, and it's funny because sorry, no, dude, but it's funny because. Um, Everything you're saying, I just naturally fill out in my brain with like, it's like, it's like when I have like a dream that's very disjointed, but I like mend the, fe- like I mend the bridges together in my mind because I add like additional like ideas or whatever. But in my mind, it makes sense because it's like part of, you know what I mean? But so I'm just consistently like, oh, like this may not make sense to you, but it does to me because I have more information than you do. So yeah, I... I can understand your your frustration with that for sure. So because that's for me. I think it's really cool and I love it and I love the idea of it and I think like and it makes total sense to me. But again, I have read all the books many times. So and I think that's why I liked the Goblet of Fire a little bit better because it was so self-contained and they explained enough for me to be able to like relinquish control for a little bit mm-hmm. i had a, as you heard last week i had a lot of questions and a lot of things that were like kind of weird but they were like normal movie weird like why does this happen why does this happen but when i was watching this movie when i was watching or the order of the phoenix i was like this literally makes no sense and i think it's because they didn't include something from the book that should have been included to right. make it make sense right and so from just a movie standpoint that's kind of why i'm like i'm not sure these movies can stand on their own. They're sort of carried on the winds of nostalgia. I think that I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I, I think that you're right. I think, and the thing is, it's it's difficult to include that much information, but there are bits and pieces where just like a single line like them riding on the thestrals and one of them flipping out could have yeah because yeah. that scene bothered me too because i was like i was like it was kind of one of those things where it was like like i was like lol they're just like riding <laughs> the clouds like invisible like yeah <laughs> and 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 the thing is, like that part wouldn't have taken any extra time it was, just to yeah. have someone scream something out, like "What's happening?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, yeah, does that, anyone else think this is weird? Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> um, y- you guys can't see what we're riding on either, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, I can feel it, but I can't see it, and it's <laughs> flipping me out, man. <laughs> like, oh, that would be terrifying. I mean. <laughs> be pretty weird yeah (laughs) like well i didn't understand either like i think that there's a bunch of extra brooms so i don't understand why they wouldn't have just taken oh (laughs) we have a visitor yeah why wouldn't they have just taken the broom or the car that's in the woods just hanging out (laughs) oh he's trying to drink my butter beer they could have just taken the car that was in the woods that didn't make an appearance this time but well, I don't think I don't the think car would have Yeah, I think flown, the car would have been like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> See ya. Like, look what happened to me last time yeah. you flew me. So this I'm is not going to happen again. Disrepair. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it is kind of weird. Plus, um, the car, like, kind of gained its own personality and, like, autonomy after it. has it. a whole family. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a whole life. It's built a life now. So it we has, can't disturb yeah. it. It has little baby cars, yeah. little cinquecentos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> 
meep, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I I do think that that, and I I have a, a serious question for you that I still can't okay. wrap my head around, and I'm I'm just not sure why. I have no idea why the wizarding world has to be a secret. Like, why are they? And Mike even said, yeah, why are they training up hundreds of kids for this thing that they can't even use in the real world? Why is it? Why does it have to be a secret? There's no explanation. It just seems like it is because it is. I don't think I have an answer for that. I think it. I think you're right. It is because it, it is. It, and I don't like that. It bothers me because I'm like. Harry's not getting a real education. He's getting a magic education along with all these other kids. But they also are being routinely punished and they can't use magic in the real world. So everything they're learning is like, why are they learning it for? Yeah, there's, I know. Like, I assume that JK Rowling like is like, wanted to be like an architect. It's like, oh, right. I don't have any training in mathematics. Yeah. Well, I think that JK Rowling has, is like pro segregation uh, because she seems to be really I mean, like. <laughs> I guess more and more stuff comes out about her. Like, Would that really be surprising? <laughs> like, no, you have to learn this and you have to live in this secret universe. Right. And I don't know. I, I it's think very, it's... I don't get it. It's It really bothers me as I a mean, because even, even in um, the a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which takes place in like the 20s, like the 1920s, um, not the 2020s, <laughs> just to clarify, um, they are like, it's totally separate too. It's, I don't get it. They I don't know why. And their name for muggles is like totally, it's awful. It's, they're called Nomadge. And like, I, oh yeah, you mentioned that. I the remember last time, being yeah. like, I remember being like, ah, you could have chosen a better name for that. Like, that's the laziest it Nomadge. Is, why don't they just use muggles? I, it's, it's a, I mean, it's British versus American. It's like, you know. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's New York. Yeah, I just don't get it. I want, listen, you went, you went there. JK Rowling and filmmakers you went there you created a secret world you created rules for this secret world that are very like very strict but you didn't tell us why and that really bothers me because I just need to know why I need to know why let's google it you want to google it sure (laughs) ask google let's see okay so according to fuzzy pyrocat on um reddit that's the plot holes as the subreddit the international statute of wizarding secrecy was a law in the wizarding world that was first signed in 1689 and then established officially in 1692 the is that from the books or does people do people just make up i think it's from the books okay um the law was laid down by the international confederation of wizards to safeguard the wizarding community from muggles and hide its presence from the world at large after the early persecutions against wizards and witches and muggles trying to force them to teach them magic, the International Confederation of Wizards and the various ministries of magic decided to enact the secrecy law instead of going to war with the muggles. It worked for a while. Then there was the global wizarding war between the ministries and G- Grindelwald's side, basically to try to abolish the secrecy statute. So mm-hmm. they were essentially, I mean, I think it was part of like, you know, like the Salem witch trials could probably be included within the wizarding world of Harry Potter and say like that those, they were actually witches. And so like, I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a theory, I guess. Um, so it makes sense to me that it would be a secrecy, that it'd be secret that they want to just keep it. And it's just been tradition for so long for hundreds of years. And because there is, I mean, 
it's not unheard of for people to flip out and want to persecute someone who's different from them, you know? I'm not, yeah, but, like, people flipping out and persecuting another human being that's different from them is quite a bit different than a wizard who has magical powers not being able to defend himself against a muggle. Like, they're wizards. Right. They don't need... They don't need. Well, I think they do defend laws. themselves against muggles using magic, but then the muggles later have a, a, a charm, a memory charm put on them. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't need to enact a secrecy law because you know magic. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I get what you're you saying. Know, like- I get what you're saying. It's just not, it, like for me, it doesn't it doesn't satisfy me, but I understand what you're saying. And right. you're not wrong. It's just from my perspective of the stories it still doesn't satisfy me like why it has to be secret and also why there's like so much prejudice built in with like the because i like i've said earlier maybe in the books it's more of a lesson about prejudice but in the movies i do not get taught that prejudice is bad i get taught like it's okay to to like distance yourself from muggles right because we're better than them so it's weird i think right right (laughs) yeah i mean maybe she is (laughs) pro-segregation i mean yikes yikes on bikes that's my new saying i don't know why i just started saying it (laughs) but um i also wanted there's a story that i read that uh rupert grint had drew a drew picture of alan rickman and like was didn't want him to see the picture because <laughs> he like didn't try him very like uh, I guess it wasn't a very like nice drawing, but Alan Rickman ended up finding out about it and he said that he still has like it was it was like years later he's like I still have the drawing years later it's one of my most favorite possessions and I was like oh that's so cute <laughs> I love I wonder that. what it looks like me too mm-hmm. he's like I love it and like <laughs> um. I did like that there wasn't a lot of Draco in this movie. I really appreciated that. Right. So that's good. So I noticed that there is a headline. I don't know if you noticed it. That flashed on the screen that said that the centaurs are angry at the ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a... There's strong speculation that that Umbridge was raped by the centaurs. See, I was thinking, like, Harry just let her get taken off potentially to her death. You find out later she didn't die. Right. But I was like, so Harry's just letting her get carried away by an angry mob, doesn't do anything about it, because once again, magic only works when it's convenient. Yeah, well, I mean, he said, sorry, Professor, I promised to tell no lies. Um, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Like, It's pretty weird. Like, pretty- he has no, I mean, he's he, like, opted for revenge over justice which seems unlike him yeah but i can also kind of but you also have to remember that he's young he's 15 he's probably not thinking of the consequences that's a good point actually he i mean yeah he's you you know their brains are not developed yet she was pretty awful awful i mean if i was in his position i'd probably do the same damn thing i'd be like finally this bitch is out of my hair like my god you know she's been torturing us for like literally torturing us i wouldn't if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't feel terribly sorry about her being taken away by, you know, because I probably wouldn't be the thinking of that consequences. Why do, why do people think she gets raped? Oh, because um, raping human women is part of centaur mythology. In the books? No, like in mythology. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 
Now we don't. I, I obvious- can't wait to have children so I can show them these movies. <laughs> we obviously don't have proof of that, but there is speculation that that's what happened. Um, I mean, you do see her later. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty dark. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's it's um it's definitely dark. So there is a. Oh, I did also want to mention. Um, so Mike did <laughs> before we started watching the movie. Mike was like, I bet, I bet that Hermione will raise her eyebrows. And uh, then he started doing an eyebrow count. And <laughs> some scenes were like in the double digits. And it was like, it wasn't just like raising your eyebrows or eyebrow flashing for dramatic effect. It was her, like her whole acting style is eyebrows up and down constantly. <laughs> so pay attention, everybody, because... Mike's eyebrow count got pretty high in some oh scenes, God, and it just keeps going and going. Do I you mean, have it written down? I don't have it written down. Oh, no. I know at one point we were like at thirteen, but there was more after thirteen. You know, wow. like it wasn't that wasn't the end of the scene, and she just—it's just in. And we were talking about it and how, like, did did anybody school her and tell her not to do it? And then speculated that probably somebody told her to do it more because it's so overdramatic and her character is such like a. You know, like Goody Two Shoes, whose everything's like very animated, and it's it's really distracting now that I can see it, and that's oh, all great. I can now see. I'm not notice. I'm so the mic eyebrow count—I don't have the official number, but in like certain scenes, it got pretty high. So Damn. anyway, everybody be on the lookout for that because I'm well, sure it's not going to end. I mean, we've talked about this before. Emma Watson is not a strong actress, you know, and that's. <laughs> that's it is like that's she's not a strong actress and i love her as hermione don't get me wrong but um you know i mean we've talked about how i felt about her as Belle in beauty and the beast and i was really really sad about that so um it's that that's the way she acts i'm doing quotations so i think it's partially the material as well i don't think we can fully give her all the blame no but yeah. um but yeah, it's 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 up and down, just constant, constantly. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it worked on the giant in the forest, and now they're dating. Grappy, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I don't know. She rung his bell. I forgot about Grappy. Uh, she literally rang his bell. I forgot about Grappy like completely, and so that when they bad. showed, oh my god, no, it's funny because when they showed him, I went. Oh, I forgot about this character. And I was like so bummed out. I was like, ugh. Because he wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, I guess it was kind of essential that, you know, I don't think he was essential, really. I think that they could It's pretty weird to have a character with um, developmental, a developmental disorder tied up in a forest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, I just, I mean, I completely forgot that he exists, and I don't think he's in any of the other ones. That's good, because the CGI was really bad. <laughs> no, I was like, no, but like, I like, I think I like audibly like groaned. I was like, oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know? So my reaction was pretty much like, mm, no. Um, I mean, I think that they could have done without him in like, holy as a whole like sure. in the books oh, and the whatever because if the only reason that he was there was so that he could pick umbridge up so then the centaurs attacked him to me that could have been done differently yeah i mean the the kids could have just 
taken her to the woods the centaurs got her yeah you know yeah, exactly exactly like they could have just taken her to the woods and like maybe they didn't even realize the centaurs were there they could have just like they could have just had a moment where hermione well, was like i was just buying us some time i don't know what to do once we get here and then the centaurs take her and yeah i mean and the like they really like she really dug her own grave because she's she called them like filthy half breeds. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. She, I mean, she's and they were mad at her. They were mad at the Ministry of oh, Magic yeah, way yeah. before so, she came into the woods. But, so yeah. she really like she really dug her own grave. Like she like she fucking brought a shovel out there and was like digging and yeah and like they were like all right we'll shove you in. Um, I mean it's. Oh. it's I just think the giant thing was so bad. It was so it's so weird. It's too. bad. It's just weird. I completely forgot it was a thing. Like, like there's no place for him to go. He obviously has, like, a disorder. Well, and there's, like, a whole giants, like, a land of giants. Why can't he stay with them? Yeah, exactly. Why does he have to be tied up? Well, and they could take better care of him, like, and he won't be alone. Like, that's the thing, is that Hagrid was like, I don't want him to be alone. And and, you should have thought about that before you tied him to a tree. Yeah. And there wasn't much an explanation about what happened with Hagrid. And I honestly am not. I don't even remember what happened either. But I felt like that was that was sorely missing as well. But um, yeah, Groppy. (laughs) Groppy was just like, I was just like, ah, geez, no. mm -mm." (laughs) So I was it's bad. The whole thing was was bad. bad. It was bad. I could have done without that. I could have done without that, and they could have had better stuff like that. I, I, I also forgot like about a, the. Oh, what? I was just gonna say, like, when you're dealing with an 800 page book, that you just have to trim the fat when you're making yeah. the movie, and part of that is the the giant character. And I think that um, that I think the movie was made with like a purist mindset. And that it did, and that's doing the movies badly for me because I don't have the the like I can't fill in the gaps. Right. So from a perspective of an outsider, when you make a movie trying to be such a purist, instead of just like building your own bridges in little ways, because you're like, oh, we can't build a bridge here and explain something in a different way because the Harry Potter purists, because like the Harry Potter army will come after us, and it's like, well, you're also making a different media. Like the book right, is the right. book, and the movie is the movie. And sometimes it sucks when you make changes to a book for no reason. But other times, if you can make it the movie version and still keep the like the spirit, then I think you should do that. Right. And I think that they, yeah, like just trimming the fat and, and sort of creating the way, like a new way, a new direction to get the same point across, but just get it across in the movie way is, is fine with, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's a different medium, like what you said. You know, you, well, you said different media, but like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like certain things can be conveyed because I because I like when I write, when I rarely write, um, I always I picture like as I'm writing, I'm picturing like a movie in my mind because I'm very like I'm very visually like you know I like I like visual representation and. In my mind, I'll I'll try and think of like how to explain the way, like a person's face looks, and I can't think of how to put in, into words. But in my mind, I can see it so clearly, and so it, it's it's. I think you're right about that. Like Groppy was not necessary, and honestly, was just really annoying, and it, it, it like ugh, I just like I just remember just being so bummed out. <laughs> like I was just like, ugh, bears purring on my leg. Aww. Oh my gosh, that's really cute. He's like str- he's like 
laying half on your leg. <laughs> He's just looking out the window. <laughs> yeah, so I think that 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 is is a problem for these movies for me consistently um because there's just so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, and and it's not doing me fan service. Right. Other people may have like the fan service aspect like, "Oh, here's Grappy." But yeah, at the same time, it's also like a really weird storyline, as I've said. And I don't need to go into it anymore, but that's, you know, food for thought that why would they include that anyway? Because it's pretty bizarre. But it's it's a very, yeah, it's a very weird subplot. And it's, I just don't remember it having any value in the books, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't even remember it happened. I like completely forgot that. I actually also forgot about the Occlumency. Occlumency. <laughs> Um, yeah, that thing that Snape was teaching Harry. Oh yeah, I, I thought, thought it was, I really liked that. I thought that was cool. I forgot. I forgot that that was a thing in it. I thought it was pretty weird that Snape was just like roaming around Harry's mind, so he could see every weird thing that Harry's ever done. Well, he's trying to get into his mind so that Harry can, you know, prevent him. I know. From getting I mean, in I it. know why he right, was in there, right. but I was like, just jumping in, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. See, I know. Go to the bathroom. Seen him find weird bumps on his body that he has to discover, like figure out what this bump is. Is it something bad or something I could ignore? Seeing what happens when he sees Cho Chan walking through the hallways. Cho Chang walking through the hallways. Like that's, I don't think I would like a a professor to just hop in my brain. Definitely not Snape either. So I thought that was um, interesting. Like it's an interesting lesson and I like that, but uh, it doesn't really have much of a payoff in the movie does it like um, harry never like stops because i was like waiting for the scene where like so. harry stops voldemort but it just always seems like it was it was it pointless. might it might later oh, but maybe. i don't yeah. i i don't i don't remember honestly um because it seems like yeah like harry never actually did like any mind stoppage of voldemort it might happen later but i can't right i can't remember anyway so um so I do want to talk about. I want to talk about the the uh, the prophecy. So the prophecy is actually either about Neville or Harry. Really? Mm-hmm. Because it's you're talking Neville Longbottom. I am mm-hmm. because they were both males born in the last couple of days of July in 1980, and both parents were a threat to Voldemort. Um, and both of his parents were taken out by Voldemort slash his supporters. But Voldemort oh. thought that Harry might be the one that is more of a threat against him. And so that's why he went after him. Why? I'm not sure. Were, is Neville like full-blooded or something? Um, I think so. So he's not the chosen one, but he's full-blooded and Harry, who is half-blooded? Oh, maybe he's not. I don't know. That's. I was just wondering like how that... I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I mean, it's fine. I just yeah. Um, I think that's interesting that Neville could also be the chosen one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's yeah. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's a neat storyline. I like that. I like that she that uh, Rowling had included that because I think it's like because it it makes sense that it might there might be like more to it than like oh well it could be harry but it also could be this other kid i like you know? that i like that because you kind of write neville off right but i like that he actually could be more important than harry oh neville comes into a lot more yeah. he's 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 he gets more important as the as the series goes on but neville is like love neville i love neville everyone loves neville i 
Okay, so the scene where Lucius Malfoy is walking through the prophecy room and he takes off his mask is like by far one of my favorite scenes in that entire movie because it's I said, so good. I said, is this a Pantene Pro V commercial? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. He's like, he's just so, he's so good. I forgot how good Jason Isaacs is at Lucius Malfoy. And like when he like took off his mask and I was just like, I was like, oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, I kind of have a thing for kind Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> I feel like he is like pretty good at being evil. Half the time you could just tease him about like <laughs> half the time, half the time. My different man crushes. Um, yeah, I um, I don't really understand the room that they were in. Is there just a room at the Ministry of Magic with like bunch of balls, ton of bunch of balls? Oh, they're all prophecies. They're all prophecies, yeah. Oh. But they're prophecies from, like, centuries. So it's not just, like, you know. I mean, it's been over time. Yeah. A lot of prophecies. And a lot of them, like, fell. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of destroyed prophecies. You're going to have to clean that up. (laughs) So it's like... The the ministry's house elf. Also, the the Wizarding World is, like, pro-slavery, which is kind of weird. Yes. Unless yes. are they are they servants who are paid and can come and go? They're all slaves. No. Even the one in the black They're, household is a slave. Yes. See, that's weird. Yeah. It is. There is I can't a, wait to have um, children so I can show them these movies. <laughs> there is a um there is something that Hermione does and I I can't remember which one it is, but I don't think it's included in the in the series, in the movies, where she starts like a um like a house elf basically like awareness that house elves are are slaves but no one cares everyone's just like that's what they're there for and she's like this is okay to you to treat another living being like a slave and everyone's just like i mean yeah it's like yeah 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 because they're messed up because they show in the books and i again i can't remember which one it is but they show like the actual kitchen where all these house elves are because where does the food come from it comes from house elves. Why? How do things get clean? The house elves do it. Yeah, they're essentially, you're right, they're slaves. They're slaves. That's like 100%. There's no, there's no other way around it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's, it's interesting seeing this from your perspective because I'm starting to be like, oh. It's pretty dark. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I don't mean dark. I mean, like, it's darker than I anticipated it being. There's a lot of themes in it that surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I think to myself, wow, this is... It's not a wonderful world. Bizarre. <laughs> Pretty yeah. weird. Oh, I thought it was really cool um, that Azkaban Prison is, like, in the middle of the ocean. Uh-huh. I thought that was really neat that we got to see Azkaban Prison. <laughs> Your cat. Jumping on my lap. Yeah. So I thought that that was... Yeah. Um, Azkaban is so... It's just so scary. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I mean... With and, the Dementors. Yeah. And they don't have, like... In the books, they say they don't have, like, any walls or anything because the Dementors just keep the people there in the, Ooh, in the ocean crazy. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, Bear. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's making his presence known. <laughs> He's a podcat. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the ending because Baby. I, uh. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I'll give you a second. That counts as one kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Jeez. 
Sorry. That's what I always say to him. I'd be like, I just have to kiss you one time, but then I just hold my mouth to his, uh, like, his little ear and go. <laughs> I'm like, no, that only counted as one kiss. <laughs> I make the rules. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, let's talk about the end. So, um... So something that is consistently bothering me is that Voldemort now can't just seem to get the job done. <laughs> and the only reason is because there's more movies. And I, I like why there was nothing in the movie that made me think, oh, this is why he didn't like this is why Harry couldn't kill him or this is why he couldn't kill Harry. It was just like, well, surprise, there's more movies. So we have to make him leave. Yeah. I didn't even, like, really think of that, but I think that you're right, that it's kind of just, like, they kind of are, it's like when a villain explains what they're doing instead of just killing the hero, you know what I mean? They're like, well, I started doing this, and that's when I decided to poison the Nile and all of the world's water, and then I forgot that I'm actually living on the world, so I'm also screwed, so it's like, what did I even do that for? Doesn't it, I always hate those, like, I think that's a plot of, like, Sahara, in the movie, did you ever see Sahara? It's with Penelope Cruz and yeah, Matthew McConaughey. And they're like, we poison the world's water. And I was like, you live on the world. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Or like we're releasing a, like a toxic, like a chemical or, like we're, you're or a disease or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, and, and it kind of discourages me because I'm like, I feel exhausted because I'm like, I know that he's not going to, like they're going to have more confrontations because there's three more movies and something's <gasps> gonna happen oh wait jeez sorry so I, something's gonna I happen remembered something, each but time then i don't think it's i don't know if it's because i liked the end of the last one because of the fact that voldemort had just returned and his you know it, it was just like he didn't quite get the job done but there's no reason why in the second interaction he wouldn't like they there wouldn't be the battle like why would right. he pull back they would battle you know, and and it yeah, and, and it and and that really bothers me because I know it's going to happen at least two more times. They could have done that, if not three. They could have done that with um, in that way because, and they don't really say it in the movies, but supposedly Voldemort's like terrified of of Dumbledore. Like there, he's like really scared of him. Like not scared of him, but that's not the right word. He's just like, like Dumbledore is like is a very incredibly powerful wizard. I have seen no evidence of that up till now. <laughs> I including now I still have never seen. I, he they, seems like a doddering old man in in robes. No, he's he's a very powerful wizard. So he's See, like one of the greatest wizards in the world. Why didn't he get the job done and the only reason he didn't kill Voldemort in this last one was because there's more movies then. Because Cuz Voldemort was there. He can't kill Voldemort. Why? Because there's because more Voldemort movies. Voldemort can't die until his Horcruxes are found, and that's not. What does that even mean? It's gonna. It's gonna be explained later. But a Horcrux is. I don't. I don't want to tell you. No, maybe I should tell you. So, what a Horcrux is? H o r c r u x. Not like. Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Hey Tim, look at that Horcrux. <laughs> Horcrux is. When it's basically splitting part of your soul from your 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 body. So, and the way that you create is a horcrux is by killing someone. So you can put horcruxes in items, and then you can hide the items. And if the item is not destroyed, and a horcrux... Actually, no, in the Chamber of Secrets, the diary 
is a horcrux. Oh. So the diary is destroyed. And then there's like, I think, three others, three other horcruxes that he used. Horcrux eye. Yeah. <laughs> and he scattered them all over. And so they have to find those, destroy those, and that's when Voldemort can be killed. How come they've never told me that? Because it's not introduced until later. Uh, even in the books, it's not? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, like, he doesn't know. Harry does not know. We as a viewer, as the reader, do not know that the diary was Horcrux until later. Okay. So that makes sense now that I know the full picture. I know the end game. But I, I don't think it's... Like, it's but not good could, for the movie. But he could it's still not, kill Harry. Harry doesn't have Horcruxes. Yeah, like, there's no reason why... So, I think... I've never read the books, so I can't say that the books are lacking. Maybe if I was reading the the Order of the Phoenix, I wouldn't be confused as to why Voldemort can never just get the job done right. and put Harry out of his misery, or vice versa. I, maybe books, I wouldn't wonder that because the books are more detailed. But in the movies, it just seems to me like they just like they're just always like at this it's a stalemate where they just can never move the plot along because it's it just there's more movies right so So, that bothers me so in the book what happens is um he like possesses harry's body and i think essentially he's like starting to kill him i oh yeah i actually was gonna say that that's what i was gonna say earlier and i forgot i liked what you said that ending would have been better, yeah. at least better, if with Harry being like, I want to die. Like, that's dark. And, right, and it- yeah. Because he's like, he's... So, uh, it sounds like what happened is that he was starting to kill Harry, but then Cornelius Fudd shows up and he goes, nope, I'm out of here. Just because he... What? Voldemort is afraid of Fudge? I think I it's was just... just told. I was just told that Voldemort couldn't die. Until his Horcrux, his Horcrux right, I were found. But why, he so why is he afraid go, of Fudge? I mean, he could still go to like Azkaban, though. Azkaban, which was just destroyed partially by... Well, I think it was always, I think it was always partially destroyed. It was okay. just that they somehow escaped, even though I don't know how so they escaped. So Voldemort is afraid of... Voldemort, the most powerful being, bad guy villain, is afraid of going to prison. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I wish I had the answers for you. I don't. I I think that there, it's probably more in depth in the book, but that's my guess. Yeah, is and I think that he probably just took off because he didn't want to deal with the ministry and and he was he's like, he's not a very out, good supervillain if he doesn't want to deal with things. I mean, like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> just let me kill this boy. That's what, that'd be me as a supervillain. I'd be like. <laughs> I already did something today, Bellatrix. Leave me alone. God. I did the dishes earlier. Jesus, Bella. Oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> to go powder my non-existent nose. <laughs> I just, it's just so convenient and it bothers me. It It's probably less convenient in the book. I hope so because but I don't, I, I can't, think, <laughs> honestly, I don't. Like, A, I'm finding out now that Dumbledore is very powerful. Haven't seen any hint of that at all. Yeah, he's very powerful. B, I'm finding out that uh, he can't die, which I didn't know, which I assume, like you said, is probably much more satisfactory in the books. And C, he's afraid of government, which makes absolutely no sense. (sighs) 
I did really I did really like that when Dumbledore called him Tom I thought that was awesome yeah because yeah. they they know each other from when Voldemort well, was and, like a, a, a human and that's you know? like his like Tom is like his dead name like that's not a name he refers to himself anymore right no because I, I, it, yeah because he's like my father was a he- or my father was a muggle and he's like and that's disgusting you know he's like so I'm not Tom I'm oh. Lord Voldemort I like that I thought that that was pretty sweet well um, it's, it's very much humanizing him and he does not want to mm-hmm, be humanized because well, Dumbledore is like Dumbledore is like the person who like there's a kid down the road who has been like you know you've lived in the same house next to them for like 20 years and then the kid rolls up and he's wearing like you know like he looks like like he's super gangster and dangerous and you're like okay jed i i saw you you know i saw <laughs> yeah. you piss your pants when you fell off your tricycle so let's it's like you know it's like machine gun kelly calling himself after like this super famous gangster and i'm like you wish you were machine gun kelly you loser like get out of here so yeah so it's pretty weird i think that um or no wait what i so i liked that he called him tom because he was not giving him power yeah yeah and yeah. I, but unfortunately i just i still just don't i like the whole movie was like ramping up to this and then it just sort of fizzled out i really actually love the scenes in the ministry of magic the only real issue i had was just harry's like really weird dialogue where he's like you'll never know love and friendship and i feel sorry for you i was like Oh no! <laughs> I'll never know love and friendship. You're so like it does. You're seem, hitting me yeah. where it hurts right now. Like I'm like, you know what? I, I I think Harry. The thing is that I don't think that Voldemort gives a shit about love and friendship. What I think he probably cares about is being fucking powerful and having people terrified of him. That's his thing. Yeah. Like that's his jam. You know. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of him being like, I just want a friend. He's <laughs> like, I just want someone to love he's like nah no i don't i want people to be scared of me until you call but don't call the ministry of magic though because he scares me cornelius fudge is too scary (laughs) at the beginning of the movie when umbridge showed up at hogwarts and harry said to hermione he said she works for fudge i said i work for fudge too (laughs) yummy and mike mike went "Ooh, factory boys (laughs) it made me laugh so hard (laughs) (laughs) i still like i was walking around in my apartment like the last couple days laughing (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious i love it (sighs) but yeah i do think that that's i think that the ending that you described from the book would have been much better yeah because he's like yeah because i read it because that was like one of the first things i was like I was like, make sure you pick up the book and make sure you read that part because I want to know, like, because I'm pretty sure this isn't what happens. And Who I, were you I, talking to? Like your assistant? Myself. I was oh. talking to myself. <laughs> I see. Sorry. <laughs> my, my assistant is named myself. <laughs> my personal assistant. Um, my personal assistant is Bear. Your cat, you're like, he's Bear, like, I need you to read these and he's tell like, me what I happens. can't read. I don't know. What is this human letter? <laughs> um... I, I did want to say that, so the arch that Sirius falls into is called the veil. It's the bridge between life and death. Oh. Yeah. And that's why 
uh, Luna and Harry could hear voices, but the rest of them couldn't. Okay. Because they had been so close to death. I see. Yeah. There's something else that I just thought of that I want to be sure to bring up, and that really bothered me, is that Luna was the only one hip to the fact that Voldemort was trying to do the, like, divide and conquer situation to yeah. Harry. Yeah, Like, he, she's like, she said it she's so nonchalantly. She's, she's a like, smart kid. He wants to isolate you. And I was like, well, nobody, like, Dumbledore is, is, Dumbledore is purposely staying away from him. And nobody is thinking about the fact that Voldemort probably wants to isolate Harry, except Luna. Luna's the one that thought of that. Like, that's I mean, pretty that's weird. why she's in Ravenclaw. She's a smart kid. But you I, know? Just, I just think that that's a really weird plot hole. It's, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. But I, I, I just don't understand why... Um, Dumbledore was trying to stay away from Harry like Harry's going through one of the worst times of his life like probably the worst time he's ever going to go through and like anyone you need emotional support and that's really important you know and this is you know he really really looks up to Dumbledore and admires him and um and Dumbledore basically like kind of ghosts him like all semester essentially you know For, yeah yeah and it's it's heartbreaking from harry's perspective because he's just like i need guidance i need help i need someone to help me and and dumbledore's like sorry bud i can't be that person for you you know mm-hmm. and it's like well why you could before you know <laughs> Yeah, and why doesn't, like, once again, I I mean, I appreciate that Luna was, like, wisened him up and said, you know, he's trying to isolate you. I appreciate that. But why wouldn't there be another scene where Dumbledore is in, like, a little room with McGonagall and Snape and saying, like, listen, we got to protect Harry because he's probably going to be quite isolated and maybe I'm just asking I mean, maybe, too much. I think I'm asking too much. Maybe. And, uh, and, and <laughs> there could be one. Because you know? I think the viewer was supposed to also be swerved as to why Dumbledore would be, or maybe the reader as well. Maybe it's described better in the books, but that shouldn't be the case. It, like, this is the movie version, and I've never read the books. So, right. the, you know, and so I, I just think, like, it's it's pretty weird that nobody thought to protect Harry. And that's why it seems to me like nobody cares about him enough. Right. It's, I think it's just such a weird, not a weird situation. I think it's just such a heavy and scary situation that people are looking at this 15-year-old boy and they're going, you're only 15. You're only 15. You can't handle this. Like, And I think it's, I think even as... I think even I would maybe react the same way because I mean, I can't, I, w- I don't know. I can't put myself in this situation. I will probably never have a friend that's going to defeat the Dark Lord, but you know, one could wish, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's, I think it's just a misguided attempt at trying to protect him because he's so young, but it's also a misguided attempt in that, yes, he's very young, but he also, fucking faced him off, like face off Voldemort so I think why that are that's, we keeping this kid in the dark that's the thing because I, I like what you're saying and I appreciate it and I agree with you 
if it was done better because at this point you can't protect him anymore you have to train you have to equip him yeah for sure protection is over protection happened before voldemort came back and now he's back and he needs all the guidance and training and information that you can give him and not to mention the fact that all of you let him live in a house where he was put in a closet for 10 years yeah and now he's just in an emotionally abusive household still right so all that aside like they just all seem like like really weird characters who just just this poor boy is just tortured over and over again in multiple different ways and they're still holding on this weird vestige that he's like no we can't subject him to this and it's like well i got a newsflash for you he's already been subjected yeah, to pretty bad like, shit it's a little his bit whole too life late for that yeah, yeah it's um i did actually want to talk about um after after Bella kills, uh, she kills Sirius, and, and she's you know running away and screaming like, "Hi, hey, killed Sirius Black!" Yeah. You know, um, and Harry runs after her. I like did not realize that he used the Cruciatus curse on her, and she he looks did. T- yeah, he she he says Crucio. Oh and wow! That's why I, d- she I don't think I realized over, that either. And she looks terrified because she knows like he's about to kill her. Wait, I thought that he was almost gonna use it and she encouraged she was like no Go no ahead, use it no but he wouldn't no he did he used a cruciatus curse so on he her. should be going to azkaban then well theoretically but i don't think that's probably gonna happen because i doubt bellatrix lestrange is gonna come up and go oh harry potter used a cruciatus curse on why me. wouldn't she oh that's what i want to talk about i want to talk about the um i would totally do that if i was her because then he's in he's in azkaban she'd and- have to go to the ministry of magic to do it and go through a bunch of different like they'd have to go to trial oh all the documents yeah, and like paperwork. Yeah, yeah i mean come on yeah. she's she doesn't she's not gonna because sure. they're gonna go oh you're coming to us and telling us at Harry Potter and you who has been in Azkaban for a number of years you know what Bellatrix you're gonna go ask back to Azkaban and we're gonna believe that Harry Potter's never done anything wrong because well, that's not you're true, a fucking they, psycho uh, they, they actually expelled him from Hogwarts that's, so yeah, they do know that he did yeah. something wrong so I thought like because he was about to use the death the, de- the death curse on her and that's when Voldemort was like he was like, you sure you want to do this, buddy? You sure you want to use that curse on her? Because you really have to mean it when you do. And um, See, there's a lot of, like, talking people out of things in this movie when... <laughs> well, I think it's... First of all, I think that Voldemort values Bellatrix. I... And she also... You also have to remember that she comes from a a line of people who have a lot of money. So the Blacks are... They're rich people. So... He probably uses her monetary, whatever monetary, you know, yeah. she has to. It's weird that Voldemort needs money. Yeah, but, I mean, everything needs money, so. But he's a wizard. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I just, can't you just know what I mean without me explaining it? <laughs> it's just weird to me to think of Voldemort with, like, a wallet, like, buying something. Like, he's what, do you like, want to go to Burger King or I need something? some new robes. Yeah, <laughs> so... Hey, Bella girl, do you want to go shopping today? I was just thinking he needs some new robes. These ones are looking shabtastic, girl. Man, I would love like a sassy Voldemort. Just like, he's like, mm, yes. Um, I, and also, so I wanted to talk about the, 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 um, that's interesting about the curse. I didn't, I didn't catch yeah. that. I thought he was, I, I guess I missed the first curse and I was, 
I saw what you meant about the second curse where yeah. he was like he didn't use it and I but I didn't realize he used the first one. Yeah, because he like he says crucio and that's why she falls and she yelps because uh-huh. she's in pain and that's like she looks really scared like she's like i'm about to die here Mm -hmm. and which of course like it's fine for bella to kill everyone else but god forbid someone tries to kill bella because you know sure well i think it works that way for everybody (laughs) well not i mean it's not fine that people i'm just saying like a murderer doesn't necessarily want to die yeah like you know i mean ted bundy worked really hard not to get the death penalty because he didn't want to die you know so it's like but he killed a bunch of other women and that was okay i guess in his mind um but you know what? That's what you get for being your own fucking lawyer, you idiot. Anyway. <laughs> or being a serial killer. Anyway, whatever. Either way. Either way. Either way, it's, that's what happens. Either way, it's bad. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he was about to kill her, but then Voldemort is like, you sure you want to do that, buddy? So, that makes sense because he would say he would have, he wanted to save bellatrix right right so right. okay so i thought that so that i was, see your point on that one yeah i yeah. saw i thought that that was interesting that he like i didn't even realize that he had used the cruciatus curse and i was like wow harry just got real dark well i mean he let umbridge get carried away by rapists <laughs> well he i don't think harry knew that they were rapists well, so you he, know we can't I mean, be we can't be certain hermione might have though yeah, she let it happen. <laughs> like, Hermione actually let it happen too. Like she could yeah. have stopped it as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of like, so mm, that sucks. Bye. Whatever. Let's just go back and eat some pudding. Um, <laughs> like, do you think that they have any pudding? Um, <laughs> Luna loves pudding. Uh, pudding. So yeah. So then, uh, so the trial. I'm like, just. I mean. It's like, I just hate Umbridge so much. Like, she's fighting to get this guy, to get this guy, to get Harry expelled from Hogwarts. And literally, like, what he did was to save not only his own life, but a muggle's life as well. That's like, why I think it's life so of weird. A I yeah. think it's so weird that, like, he was using it for a noble purpose. And it's still like, no, it has to be secret. Also, right. Dudley was like catatonic he didn't see that he didn't see what was going on exactly yeah so So, it doesn't it's really weird i don't it's i mean it's like for dudley i would imagine that's probably one of the most terrifying experiences he's ever gonna have you know and and something that he'll never be able to explain does he ever get normal again normal i mean i i think so but he's honestly i don't think he's much into the in the rest of them i think Mm. that it's like pretty much at that point um yeah i don't uh, I want. I think that Harry ends up living with the Weasleys in the next. Jeez, it like, took long in enough. The, next, the summer, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. I mean, again, it's been a long time. So, um, yeah, they're not. They're not in very much. And then there's like the deleted scene that there was a Petunia kind of apologizing to him, but she's kind of really not. She's more like, I was just jealous over Lily, and I'm like. That makes up for all the years of abuse. That yeah. obviously. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but just. Just Umbridge, like, she's just so, like, oh, there's just, oh, I just hate her so much. Like, there's, you just, like, she's, like, so, she reminds me of this woman that used to come into the restaurant. And this woman was, like, so sugary sweet. And the first time you meet her, she's like, hi, how are you? And then, like, one thing would go wrong, and it was, like, a 180. And she suddenly became, like, this huge bitch. And you're, like whoa where'd that come from like i remember one time she came in 
And um, if she's listening to this, yes, I am shaming you, lady. (laughs) She like came in and she's like, hi, how are you? And she sits down with her friends and then she walks up to me and she goes, there's no salt on our table. And I was like, okay, let me get you some salt then. Like, why do you have to be so freaking rude to me? Like, oh, my God. Like, calm down. It's salt, lady. Like, it was just, like, just so, like, like, she just seems, like, so sugary sweet on the outside. But then she's, like, she's a freaking demon, you know? I mean, and she's awful. And and there's just, like, ugh, Umbridge is, yeah. I actually, yeah, I really liked her character for that reason. Oh, yeah. Not liked her character, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think she's... Umbridge is a great character in that she's a great um, antagonist, you know, Mm -hmm. but she is like, it's just another example of someone who has a bunch of power and abuses it, you know, and that's, that's an ongoing theme in our world, you know, and it's really fucked up. It's just like, and, Mm -hmm. and I think that, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of Harry Potter I think has a lot of like runs parallel to a lot of things that we experience in our own, in our own world, you know, um, as far as like someone who comes in and is like an absolute dictator taking over, st- establishing all these rules and like pretty ridiculous rules too, that are like arbitrary, but it's just, it's just there. So she has more power. So she has more excuses to punish these kids. So she has more excuses to use ver- a Verita serum, which is a really like dodgy way of getting the truth out of someone like very questionable, like very morally and ethically questionable, but the ministry just allows it, you know? And, and so, that's why I liked I liked the corruption storyline and I thought it was going somewhere interesting but then it ended up not being interesting because it wasn't it wasn't on the basis of them trying to keep the secret it yeah. didn't seem in the movie at least and so I was like oh so this corruption and like propaganda thing sort of fell flat but it yeah. was very strong through the whole movie right right oh what did you think of uh, the Weasleys and they're epic. I like Goodbye. them. I mean, I really, I think I like the twins. I like that they were selling like the weird candies. They're like well, entrepreneurial. Like epic goodbye. And then, but I, I, I liked, I liked how they were like, I'm not really much for school. And he's like, me neither. And I thought that that was good. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, they're yeah. good. They're good. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I don't, I don't know. This, this particular one has a lot um it holds a lot. it's it's close to my heart. I it's um I think it's part of it is losing Sirius, introducing Luna. So he's really dead. Like he's you really said he dead. fell between he fell in like the thing between worlds or whatever, but Well he's she gone. used the she used the she used the death curse on him anyway. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. She sure. said Avada Kedavra. So. Okay. Um Oh, I thought she said abracadabra. <laughs> and I was like, Wow, that's such a pedestrian like magic thing. <laughs> Abracadabra. Okay. Yeah. I want to reach out and grab you. Abracadabra. Did you ever see? It's uh, Abracadabra. There's a movie with Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi where they play magicians in Vegas, and I can't remember what it's called. No. But they they have this like Vegas like residency, and it's they've been like the movie opens up, and it's like probably like year fifteen of this residency, uh-huh. and so they're just kind of like phoning it in, and they're like w- walking around the stage to the beat of that song like their show is just starting and it's just like it's just taking way too long and steve buscemi keeps kind of like making weird faces at steve carell because steve buscemi's like his uh part his like assistant or whatever and steve carell's like really into it and it's 
the movie's not that great but i always think of that scene whenever i hear that song that so. song that song's great yeah um yeah so i i really like the next one too and as and actually the seventh um i actually liked the movies more than i liked the book really yeah the book and we'll get into it but the book felt very rushed like she was just trying to end it oh okay yeah, and it was hmm. And, you know, there's, there's like, maybe one or two things where I'm like, uh, this was done in the book, and it could have been done, like, this way in the movie, but we'll get there. But anyway, yeah, so uh, still, it's still by far my my favorite. It's my absolute favorite, and I... And Lupin's in the book a lot more, too, so... Yeah, I liked that Lupin made an appearance, but, yeah, once again, like, just very fleeting, but... It was really sad when I was really I was really sad that Sirius died, and yeah. I'm sad that he's not going to be in it anymore. I know, and that's disappointing. Um, it's I know, and like Lupin like holding Harry's so yeah. like, oh, just broke my heart. Like and like it just the whole thing of like Sirius calling him James and like not even thinking twice about it because he's just like so like like he's seeing his friend and oh it, it, the whole yeah. it's just so. It's so heartbreaking, and I think part of it, too, is that I like that it's just showing more of Harry dealing with this trauma, you know, whereas before he was, like, so, like, he should have been way more traumatized, but he wasn't, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, yeah. So, would you recommend it? I don't know. I think, um, I don't know, because as as a movie... I had a lot of questions and I and I don't I thought it was a better movie than the first two. I still stand by my claim that you should just start with movie number 3. 4 so far is the one I've liked the best. Um uh I d- I honestly don't know how I feel about this one because I felt like the material was so dense that it was lacking. Yeah. But I do think the the quality of the movie making is good. Like it's not it's not an awful movie. I just it you need to have you need to know so much more. Right. I think. And that's where I'm kind of at a stalemate because I I don't think the movie was awful, but I don't know if I can fully recommend it just because there there's just so many things that I'm like, uh, ah, this just like it's too full." Right. But I think like I can see why Harry Potter fans who have that extra knowledge like padding of knowledge right i can see why you like it i can see why you like it because it's you know and i like bellatrix lestrange a lot i liked umbridge a lot i thought that for villains and in, in uh like antagonists like very very oh, good very good yeah and um because bellatrix is in it more as well. okay yeah. yeah and and i i like what you told me which this isn't in the book but i like that neville could also be and i wish that they had included that in the book and the the, the, the sounds movie. like or sorry, in the movie. And it sounds like the ending of the book was much more powerful. And I wish that they would have done that in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, I'm, I'm at the point right now where I know, I feel like predictably, I know that there's going to be thwarted attempts just because the movies aren't done yet. And that kind of irks me. And so I kind of wish that maybe Voldemort hadn't even shown up in this movie. Right. You know, but. Yeah. Um, so that's where I am in terms of recommending it. I don't know if I would or not, but I think start with uh, this is my this is my recommendation. Start with movie number three, and this one does play a role, and and it's not a bad movie, right? But if you've never read the books like me, you might be confused some of the time. 
Yeah. How about um, you? Well, um, like all of them, I'd recommend <laughs> it. It's my, it's my favorite one. Um, I have a lot of emotions about it. I have a lot of feelings about Sirius dying because it's like, I think Sirius was like the one big bright spot in Harry's world. And now... His world is dark. Oh, Sirius was like hope. Yeah, and even exactly. for me, even me, I felt hope that at the end of the series we would get an epilogue where Sirius and him sort of grow old together, as you know. And so know. now that I know that that's not going to happen, I'm like, what do I have to look forward to? I know, I you know, know, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, I know, and and it's. Like, and he didn't know, he didn't know Sirius very well, but it was also like, he's just in such a shitty situation and Sirius was his connection to his dad, you know? And that's like, that's a very powerful thing to him because he doesn't have that and he's never had that. And the Dursleys certainly are not going to provide that to him because they're awful people. And I, and there's, it's... You, I think you can really start to see them, like, especially Harry, you can start to see kind of this, like, okay, actually, oh, I forgot. There's one part that I did want to talk about, and I, I just remembered. But I really, really liked the part where he's talking about to Sirius, and he's saying, like, what if... I'm becoming like Voldemort. What oh, if I'm yeah. becoming really dark? What if like, and I thought I was like, finally, like something like, because he should be questioning his, um, how he is, you know, I mean, he like almost ditched Cedric in the, in the, in the, um uh, in the maze, you know, but he didn't. And then later he, ended up using one of the forbidden curses on someone. So he you can see that there is this darker side coming up to him, which makes sense due to how much trauma he's gone through. And I love that he was starting to well, like... And also like the fact that Voldemort, some of Voldemort is like in Harry. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so he talks about that and he's talking about how he's worried about that. And um, I think that that is a really... In, that should be something that's a very important aspect to his character because... If I was going through the same thing that he would, too. I mean, it's like finding out that, like, someone that was in your family killed people. You know? Like, I mean, I have a cousin who killed her kids. And this happened in 1980. And there's actually an episode where we kind of talk about Or not an episode. It's like a mini episode. But where we talk about it. So if you all want to look at it, you can. but Or listen. But, um, like, that enough was, like, as I was starting to read about her... I was starting to be like, this, this is in my blood. Like, this is something that's in my blood. And it's, and that is like so small compared to what Harry is going through, you know? And I could really see him starting to get very scared that like, what if I go down? Like, like, it's like with the, the, um, the sorting hat was like, I could put you in Slytherin and you could be a great, powerful wizard, you know, but he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to follow down that path. No. So the, the, the fact that he's starting to question where his, his moral stance is going, I think is a very compelling way to show what, how he's growing as a character. And I, I Mm -hmm. really love that they added that. Yeah, that's a good, those are good points. Yeah. Uh, It is, it is interesting. It is interesting. And I almost wish that, I mean, Harry does exude some darkness, like 
letting oh. umbridge get taken away and stuff like that but well, like, yeah and like using cruciatus you, yeah <laughs> which i didn't even hear yeah. which yeah so i think that that makes sense like you uh what does harvey dent say like you either become the or you you kill what does he say he says um you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain yeah so that's yeah. kind of like a good right like yeah, like what kind of what Harry is going through, kind of, and right. And I think that you know a couple missteps here and there, and Harry could easily become much darker than he is. You know what I mean? I'm not saying. And I'm to waiting le- for that day. <laughs> I'm not saying to levels of Voldemort because Voldemort is on a whole different level. Also, of get evil, this, get the kid a better but- pair of glasses. Like he's growing up, he doesn't need the same glasses. <laughs> Jeez. Like when I watched the trailer for the Batman, I was like. I was like, Bruce, you're a billionaire. Get a better barber. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the got the barber. <laughs> no, he's got the barber from Dumb and Dumber. That's like preparing, yes! <laughs> preparing Lloyd and Harry for the uh, the like gala that they're going to. <laughs> just sets a bowl that on their head. That movie is so like. It's like one of those movies where I like. I'm not. I'm at this point. I'm not sure if I still like it. You know. I'm like, not sure. No, wait. I'm. I love it. Do I don't you? like it. I love it. You love it. Yeah. It's a core movie for me. Like it shaped, it shaped everything. Everything movie wise, it's part of like the, it's part of like the foundation for me. It's a foundational movie in my life. So Jim Carrey's one of those actors where I didn't really start liking him until I saw him as more serious roles. So I mean, I I like The Mask. I like Ace Ventura. I couldn't remember the name of it. I liked Ace Ventura. I thought that was kind of fun. Very, um, it has not aged well. That one has not aged well. Like, really, really painfully not aged well because there is some serious, like, transphobia in that one. But anyway, we're, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're getting off topic. So, yes, I would recommend this movie. Um, I love it. I, I love it. I, I love a great death scene, and I think that Sirius has a great death scene, and I know that there are fans that complained about that, but I, I've always loved that death scene. I thought it was, it was so, it's just so quick and sudden, and sometimes that's just what death is. You well, know? It, it makes sense. I think it worked really well, because it makes sense he would get taken by surprise. Oh, yeah. Like, you're, yeah. Ki- you're trying to deal with this one thing over here, and you forget about this other thing over here. Right, and right. And also the fact that it's his own cousin. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's... Um, much like the Cedric scene, it's deeper than I would have guessed for right. these movies. So yeah, 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 and they definitely get they definitely get darker as as they go on. Um, but it's I think it's great. I so yeah, when yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, you can follow us on Instagram, Watchers and Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watchers and Movies. We have an email. It's watchersmovies at gmail dot com. And if you'd like to have us do a movie um you can recommend us to do something um you could go on itunes and you could give us five stars and we'll do it right away or you can email us and we will put it in our list it might not be right away but it'll it'll be pretty much we'll probably do it pretty quickly (laughs) after obviously not until these harry potter movies are done so we got three more Three more, baby. I see well, the I light. I think it's only actually. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I think it's yeah. So three more movies, three more weeks. We're gonna. We decided to do uh, the uh, last two. We'll just do them separately. There's there's enough content that we think we can do them separately, and also they're just like really long movies, <laughs> and we have a life outside of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch two two and a half hour movies. <laughs> yeah, that's like. 
in with like the retaining eye that I need to I know, watch. Yeah, them. like yeah. I know it's like uh, five hours of um, yeah. Um, it's like it's five hours of free labor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So, so we're just gonna stretch it out for you guys, but. I think it's going to be fun. We'll see anyway. And so uh, thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes. Thank you, Mike, for our limited edition of Hedwig's theme. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at the Mike show 42. His (laughs) name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. You distracted me with a song. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Right. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.